Welcome to prime time, everybody. <laughs> I was, I was a little, I was a little concerned that, uh, that, that you might, uh, I might go, go all in on that quote. <laughs> no, uh, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, uh, our good friend Game Dave does a pretty good impression of, of Freddie saying, "Welcome to prime time." Hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, you notice that really cool trans scene transition that I, the swipe transition at the beginning there. I I'm gonna switch over to oh, using different it. different transitions like that because I saw I saw Game Dave doing it the other night and I was like, wait, that's built in. I might as well. Wait, do that, that. that's built in OBS. I, oh, yeah. I missed it. Oh, you can. There's di- there's a whole bunch of different ones. Well, All right. So, how's it going? Uh, tonight we are joined by Dustin, who has a uh, very cool channel called. Uh, camera to console mm-hmm. who uh he does uh videos on on movies and a lot of a lot of background on the movies and then their transitions to uh to games and he recently did a video on nightmare on elm street he's been doing several uh videos that are halloween themed or horror movie themed and uh i th- I, I thought the nightmare on elm street looked like it was pretty cool and i thought it'd be fun to play It'll, it'll at least have some really good music. I yeah. li- I really like the game. We'll talk about it. But like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think there are some non fans in the chat that we might have to try to convert tonight. But I well, think you know, I mean, even the Friday the Thirteenth game, you know, our our friend Drumble, you know, kind of really came to appreciate that game because he was so fascinated by the kind of ideas behind that game, even though everyone always said the execution was bad. And, and he's like, the ideas in this are so good. That I'm going to like work at this game until it clicks. And he eventually did appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I imagine this game might be even less difficult to appreciate from what I've seen. I mean, it is a rare game and it does have David. And, that, music, and that's so. kind of cool. That's pretty novel in its own right. I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I, I think it's got some mechanics in there that are a little ahead of its time. Like even as a as a sort of slightly low rent Castlevania. Okay, it's a low rent Castlevania cl- clone, but um, you know, it's got the the attack wind up and stuff like that. Like it's gonna you're you're, you're gonna feel it right away. Um, but yeah, it's we'll, we'll see. We'll see if you enjoy it. You might not. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna want your honest review after this. <laughs> you know, I saw uh, I saw uh, I am Psy, uh earlier in the chat say uh sandy needs her own camera and sandy actually just got her own camera to today <laughs> today is sandy's birthday and i and I, I, I'm, I'm putting her i'm putting her putting her to work is that really just i mean you have that on hand so you can use it for stuff on your own if you needed to like as a I joke mean, I mean, I will admit, you know, this was this was kind of like a, you know, a wild card gamble as to whether this would be something she would like. And I mostly bought it for myself in a way, I guess. But she does. She she has seemed to enjoy it. It has a unpredictable bounce as it flies around. So try. I have to say uh, fun. One of your more re- more recent videos, I noticed you snuck in a shot of you using a Canon XL. So, like, if you have another shot like that in the future, just stick that on top of the tri- <laughs> tripod and see who notices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that camera came from my old job, and I never got to use it because they didn't know where the batteries or power supply was for it anymore. Yeah. 
that's the so camera. That's, yeah, that's what I used all through college. Like that, you know, seeing that shot, I was like, that's an XL. Like that brought me right back to college. That's what I learned on. <laughs> I, I, I was glad no one asked like, oh, what, what camera is that? It must be good mm -hmm. if you're using it. And it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's no. a mini DV. I mean, <laughs> well, Danny Boyle used it to shoot uh, 28 Days Later. I mean, so it's, you mm -hmm. know, it's not terrible. Yeah. But yeah, it's. That is true, but it's not a camera I would recommend someone like use today. <laughs> no, unless you're looking for a particular look. I yeah, I, I've definitely wondered if uh, any sort of uh, adapter might uh, make the lens on it useful because I'm sure that, I mean, it's got quite a, a zoom factor back, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it would need some sort of, uh, some sort of uh, adapter that would, you know, transfer all the electronic it's, controls and you'd need yeah, one of those and it's not it's probably not even remotely an ef mount or a canon mount of no any, I, I imagine it would be difficult but it it, it is a removable lens hmm. at least well, i think it is <laughs> it's, it's right here oh we got a uh two dollar donation from from chris saying uh bork bark sandy happy birthday sandy <laughs> you know the uh you were you were traveling back from florida or no, you were go. You were traveling to Florida, I think, when uh, when I had Duke on stream. Yeah, and it like wasn't until like near the end of the stream where I was like, oh, I should turn on Animal Crossing because it's my birthday. And dude was like, I can't believe you were so humble and never mentioned it was your birthday this whole stream. <laughs> Well, you got another guest here. Sandy's birthday. I'm not shy about saying it's Sandy. Oh, I got another guest Who's showing that? up here in the background or with me here. Oh yeah, Sophia doesn't make too many. Uh, she doesn't, but she's been hanging out down here a little bit, like lately. Now check this out. Look at this. I mean, this is. Oh wow! Amazing. Look at that. Look at I mean, this thing is huge. <laughs> I never. Like, be awesome. In, in all the years that I used it, I never took that lens off. <laughs> Like that would be so cool if I if if that could actually work on if that could be adapted to uh yeah look at that Sandy do you do you want one like this well, you you gotta prove yourself with your camera before I let you use this <laughs> one okay all right well I'm gonna go ahead and get started that's all right let me uh, let me get out of this uh the save state thing here. look at that i love that title screen <laughs> yeah it's, it's good a... that that art from that's key art from uh nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's revenge right you mentioned that in your video where you know he has the he doesn't have the glove on the 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 blades are coming out of his, his fingertips yeah, it's and it's actually it's the it's poster art that's actually been converted to or redrawn with with pixels. So it's yeah. So this came out a few years after uh, the first movie and like several movies had been out by then. I think like this was maybe between four and five, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely has some nods mostly to the first and third movies what with the the dream warriors and the, yeah the yeah power the dream world and stuff like that i you know it was uh nightmare on elm street was i mean i might have seen evil dead one before then but it was like it was 
among like the first two like real like legit horror movies I'd <laughs> I've ever seen. What was does it, does this have unlimited continues? Do you know, um, you, you get uh, three continues and five lives per continue. Okay. So it's not unlimited. And um, I, I don't own. And it, I'll try so to keep. I'll try to keep you abreast of like the really tough sections later on in the game. There are some places where you're just going to want to wait to fall asleep so that you have a dream power because you're not going to want to try it with you know just your your basic dude. So those little tokens down there are the dream warrior icons um and when you pick them up that will ensure that you have that power in the dream world i don't think that you can ever lose them like i would get game overs and like use a continue and i would still have all of the powers you know coming back so like i think once you collect one of each and there's only three of them um you keep this it through is, the whole game that's a pretty that's an impressive little effect there the the uh the what is it the line line uh yeah, it's scan dream. line. Yeah, it is. Like that's scan line. Uh, yeah, uh, and you want to? There was a five dollar donation from Jonathan Henson saying, uh, "My love of retro games is only surpassed by my love of movies, especially horror." Looking oh. forward to this stream. I do. Uh, I do enjoy. I mean, you know, you know this, this. I mean, in a lot of ways, this was the movie that made me. You know a lot more curious to check out horror than I and really it was it was in college when I saw this like I just hadn't that's really crazy had a lot me. of interest in I mean, horror movies up till then show my then... age here a little bit I saw I did not see the first two in the theater I did see three in the theater believe it or not I don't think I've seen any of them in the theater to be perfectly honest which is horrible but <laughs> <laughs> you know uh me and uh, me and my friend uh, Jumble, we, uh, we we still watch movies like you know we we get together and watch movies like once a week, and uh, the first year that we like really started watching movies, we uh, in October we made a month long event of getting through, and keep in mind I had, of all of these I had only seen Nightmare on Elm Street one and the Friday the 13th remake. We watched all of Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and uh, Halloween. All of them. How the heck and they- like, I, we, we often look back at that and are like, how did we do that? Yeah, I have- <laughs> Those are choices you made. That's crazy like, to me. I mean, man, what a good October that was. But I don't know. That sounds like it would not be a good October because that's just the Friday the 13th movies. I'm not the biggest fan of them. I have some questionable opinions on them. For example, my favorite is Jason Takes Manhattan. Personally, I I love that one. That's crazy. Um, But but I also think the remake is better than the original. Sorry. Sure, those mo- I mean, all of these series go off the rails, but there's there's something fun about watching that. Can too, I, I, okay. You know, I think it's like it, starting at like number six, like Jason Lives or something like that, is what? when I feel like the series really understood what it was about, and that was Jason. <laughs> like we want to see Jason killing people, like as quickly and as gruesomely as possible. Get to it and make it weird. <laughs> well, not only that, but I mean, favorite, six is awesome. It's just like a great. It's like a, it's almost like an action movie. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That opening yeah. with him coming back to life with the the lightning bolt. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it, it does get pretty crazy, but I mean, that's it's part of the fun in some ways. Uh, but I, I think my favorite one is is actually Friday the 13th 2. Is there a way to go down this I'm missing here? How do I go down? You have to get all the bones, and that number at the middle of your screen at the top, that's how many you have left. Oh, okay. So you you missed two bones in the level. There's one on the stairs right there, I can see. I see. And then uh, but, somewhere back in the level, you've got another one. But uh, I, I like Friday the 13th Part 2, like, mostly because, for some reason, I, I kind of find the baghead Jason to be the scariest Jason. It's brutal, man. Yeah. Like, that one's a really brutal one. I uh, Which one? I, which, I, which one? The two? Second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially, isn't that the one where he sticks, you know, the the girl from the first one dies right at the Alice, beginning. Alice, yeah. Alice like, dies oh. right at the beginning with the ice pick in the head, and it's brutal. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was a screwdriver, but it is, I guess... Is it? A, yeah. Well, I, mean, it's, I don't I mean, know. It's, it's like an all. It's like an all or an ice pick or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But I mean, the the part that that is just burned into my mind from part two is there's that one shot toward the end of the movie where you where um, the girl is in his shed and there's the, just this shot where you see him through the window like kind of running toward the shed from a distance. It's mm -hmm. like, it's almost so incidental. And that is like, I think a shot that is kind of underutilized in the horror movies. I like, I really like the shots that let you see the entirety of the scary thing, but not sort of at a distance or not all that clearly because it's kind of that fear of like, oh my gosh, what was that? Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, a lot of these more like close up quick shots, like that doesn't do it for me as much. I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah, really no, like I, I agree. It's, you know, I'm not a, I don't like jump scares. I'm not a jump scare kind of guy. Um, if you can scare me by showing me something like in full, like what you've got going on, like that, mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of a, a mark of success for yeah. me. Like, you know, that's why I like John Carpenter stuff. And I did an episode on The Thing. I love The Thing, you know, and that's kind of one of those unflinching type films that, you know, just shows you. It just shows you, yeah. Shows you what it's all about. Yeah. You know, one of, uh, one of the most interesting horror movies I've seen in uh, recent years, like, of, like a recent-ish movie, uh, that I don't think has gotten very much attention is um, it's called From the Dark. Oh, I don't uh, even know. I, I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a Irish movie. Okay. And it, it has just this really interesting. Okay. Corey, you have a power up. Press select and and change to a power up. And you don't run out of it either. You can just use it forever. You should have a, yeah. So you can throw javelins and he, he can only go so far. So if you just stand back and do that, you've got him. He's basically like the, the bone snakes or whatever you call them from Castlevania. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> one of the things about this game that's not awesome is that like there are really only two boss types and it's thing on a chain or thing flying in the air in basically the same pattern. That's 
that's unfortunate. That's oh. one way that it fails to emulate Castlevania that has, you know, all of these this myriad come out? Uh, boss types. Oh, hey, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sophia coming on camera here. That's awesome, honey. Oh, never mind. I thought from a distance that sounded like a cat. We're doing our thing, so right now. So if he wants to come down and show me, he can. Bye. Uh, My son just lost his first tooth. (gasps) Oh wow. Yeah. I mean, not including the tooth that got knocked out when he fell down and hit the table when he was. Like one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so he might be. You know, I, I saw a, a horror movie not that long ago. I can't. I can't remember what the name it was, but it was. It was about the tooth fairy, and it was bad. <laughs> it was not good. Darkness Falls. Yes. Yeah. It was that's, not good. <laughs> that's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I respect yeah. the idea of trying to make the Tooth Fairy scary, but they did not <laughs> succeed. I, I'm, I don't know why they haven't done it yet. Actually, I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to say that it was successful. I just watched a movie the other night called The Mortuary Collection. It's a new horror anthology. It's on Shutter right now, and there's kind of a Tooth Fairy angle to one of the stories uh, in that. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's not bad. I, I, horror anthologies are by their very nature really hit and miss um but uh i thought it was pretty good clancy brown's in it he's in the kind of the wraparound segments and he's super good if you if you liked him in like um pet cemetery 2 you know he's kind of hamming it up in the same way pet cemetery 2 is uh, that the one with edward furlong in it yes yeah old eddie furlong old john connor (laughs) (laughs) but what i was uh what i was saying earlier well, I was saying about uh, From the Dark, what's so interesting about that movie to me is that, you know, I was talking about, you know, I, I like seeing the scary thing and, you know, it's still being scary. Right. And um, what that movie does is almost every shot in the movie is shot with this lens that has like a super shallow depth of uh, and it looks really cool. Uh, like, I can't think of any movie I've seen that is, like, so consistently in that style. And even on, you know, the comparatively wide shots, usually there's a relatively small portion of the image that's in full focus. So they're able to have the scary things in full frame <laughs> a, a lot of the time. But you don't see them all that clearly, and that that was really effective for me. I love—I mean, I love a good shallow depth of field, and I, I try to use that in my videos and like my stand-up segments and stuff. But sometimes I get it so shallow that if I just sway just a bit, like oh, I just yeah. fall. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I've I've done interviews where. You know, you thought it was in good enough focus, but then they'd sort of lean back a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, chasing, uh, that, ch- chasing that cinematic shot, and then they, yeah. you I mean, know, it's, yeah. I, I uh, love I the look uh, of, uh, of shallow depth of field for, you know, like the on-camera stuff, but honestly, I mostly use my wide-angle lens when I'm shooting, uh, like, my on-camera segments for the show, mm-hmm. mostly just because 
by using the wide angle, I can sit close <laughs> enough to it that I can I like how the, the all prompter without standing up. I like how it says yeah. Freddy's coming and like the uh the the name Freddy has like the tr like the trademark. So I, yeah, it does. <laughs> Freddy TM's coming. Uh you should change to one of your power-ups. Uh it makes this a lot easier. Um, well if I if I die, oh, I stay here. I don't think you lose it. I don't think you ever lose them. I'm pretty positive you never lose them. See, yeah, you're, you've got them still. I mean, even through a continue, I don't think you lose them. And even if you do, like the, the all the tokens are in every level. The, so po you can, the power you is funny because he just goes from wearing like, like regular clothes to wearing like track clothes. <laughs> yeah, so he's an athlete. Uh, have you gotten any of the other power ups yet? No, I guess that's it. So there's a I'm looking a for shadow warrior that's a ninja. And he throws shooty kitten and does a flying kick. And that's by far the most useful <laughs> one. And then there's a necromancer that kind of has a princess peach fl floating type jump a little bit. And that makes some of the later find, jumps way easier. I can't find this there. Oh, there's the bone. That's the bone I was looking for. Man, yeah. Some of these levels, once you get to the junkyard, some of the bones are really hard to spot in like the background elements. I've, uh, I've got a couple of donations to catch up on here. Uh, Gaiman Clyde uh, donated $5. Thank you. Uh, he, he has uh, been a, a regular in our, our uh, Patreon slash YouTube member Discord recently. Uh, and says, uh, Guilty Pleasure Retro Game, which I assume is referring to this, uh, saying, you guys got any. I, I assume a Guilty Pleasure Game would be a game that you like, kind of like admit is not that good but you enjoy playing it anyway yeah and i know i shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> i like it and i shouldn't um geez i don't know i kind of i don't want to get philosophical here but i don't i don't really believe in guilty pleasures like if i like it i like it but... you yeah. like it it's good yeah i mean um, that's... let me think on that i'm sure i've got something that's like yeah. would be considered I mean, like... a the, I, I don't I don't know if it if it really counts, but like like the Valis series is kind of one for me where it's like they aren't like amazing or anything, but they're like just good enough where it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to think about it. I mean, I don't like a game. Oh, I, I just... think I've got one. There's this. I don't know. I, I might get some hate for this. I don't know what I really don't know what public opinion is on this, but I, there was this like collectathon platformer action game for PS2 called Kaya, I think. Kaya and the Legend of the something or another, something like that. And I oh, I, I remembered enjoying it, but kind of thinking it was a crummy game, like working my way through it. Mm. I, I think that. I mean, is that I'm, what it was I'm called? Sure. I can't remember. I'm sure I could think of some on. Uh... I mean, like the the cruising games on N sixty four. What about the what about the uh, yes, Ludicrous Fool seventy nine, Kaya Dark Lineage. Yep, I think that's the one. <laughs> I played through it once and I enjoyed it, but I even remember thinking at the time, like, well, I bought this, I better play it. And does uh, <laughs> does Driver Driver uh, Survival oh, yeah. Mode count? I mean, dri Driver uh, Free Mode or whatever it's called specifically. <laughs> You know, it's funny because that that live stream where I was doing the driver at the very end got a comment on it saying like, 
this this that was like that the the driver movie at the very end was the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> you worked so so hard and so long on that, Corey. It I know was, it was worth it too. All right, where's this? I find, I, got, I can't find the bone. Look at the bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got teeth. <laughs> I'm looking at my N64 games to see if anything jumps out of me. Uh, I mean, like, Quest 64. I, I don't know if I would call that a guilty pleasure necessarily, but I'm a bit of an apologist for it. Oh, you just <laughs> reminded me, Try. Speaking of RPG, the few RPGs on N64. Uh, there's only, that like, bonus. three games you can be talking about. That Aiden Chronicles. That that is a game I. That I, is my guilty pleasure. <laughs> oh, How about Shadow really? Madness? Well, you know, I never played that. I never played that. But Aiden Chronicles, man, I I think what happened with Aiden Chronicles is that I convinced myself I was going to love it. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking forward to it. I was reading about it in Nintendo Power and like trying to keep up with it on you know <laughs> early internet. Um, and it came out, and I was like, oh, it's got a black cartridge. It's so cool. <laughs> Try it. Look, look at Freddy's face. He's doing a Popeye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Uh, if, if no one has seen it, Corey can do a killer Popeye face. I, uh, I, I need to see this. I think you should do it right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess I've done it here and there, but it's always like... Uh, are you still? Have you had a game over yet? Because you do get a, a life back when you beat a boss. Uh, I've had two game overs. I, I mean, I'm not. Oh, I just <laughs> the Popeye face just came over stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean when you say you know, like you convinced yourself you were gonna like. Can I go? Uh, I can't go, go in here. I've Chronicles, because like I mean, there's like been a lot of things like that where you have to go in three houses, and the three houses at the beginning of the level or the beginning of the street, it's random. So like, if you've been in two of them, you got to go in the last one. All right. Have you been in three houses yet? I've been in two, I think. Okay, so you need to go back left. Okay, how do I know if I've? Does it doesn't cycle through? It doesn't repeat. No, 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 no. You won't be able to go back into the same house. That's Freddy's house. That's a later stage. Okay. So, go, yeah. If you go back left, if you're going um, toward, like, the cemetery <laughs> and the junkyard right now, but if you've got one more house to do, that's all the way back over. Whichever one you haven't done yet. Okay. That's kind of an interesting, like, I don't, I don't know how much it adds to the game. It kind of forces you to walk the street. You know a little bit and contend with this stuff um but yeah it's it is a random element at the beginning of this game is there any way to tell which one that once i've been in nope no i just won't be able to go back in you won't be able to go back in yeah like even if the whether or not the doors are open is its point it doesn't mean anything all right oof But yeah, can you can kind of, can you kind of feel like the the Castlevania like wind up a little bit like oh, the yeah yeah when he punches and it's funny because like I'm playing this on an EverDrive, but I was uh I was looking into purchasing this for a second like after seeing yeah your you video. told me about that it's like yeah. kind of expensive mm -hmm. so I think Wait, that it's, is it really yeah it's like it's like sixty seventy dollars 
loose. No way. Yeah, I was very surprised. I, I figured this would have just been out in the comments. Yeah, I I mean that's, that's what, what I, I always thought. thought too. And I was I was very I, surprised. I have my childhood copy, so like I I've never had any need to kind of look up its value or whatever. And when Corey told me that, I was really surprised. Because again, this game doesn't have a great reputation, and usually, bad games don't tend to get expensive. Well, well I can already tell really that it, it's it's better than its reputation. Yeah, I don't know if that's popular opinion yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, working I don't know. On, I'm working on changing that. <laughs> uh, there was uh, there was five dollars from from from, uh, from Miles Kirsch. People people Jeez. have a five dollar streak going on right now. <laughs> Uh, thank you all. I, can I not? Uh, what's going on? I, can, I, can I not? Saying, um, this must not be a plan. Saying hi, Corey. I tried, Dustin. Any video games you take over the actual film? Well, what's what's going on with you, Corey? What... I thought I, was, I thought that was a platform, but I guess I didn't. Really... Oh, it's not. No, no, it's not. Any wow. uh, any games? Um, games. Film. There's got to be some. Uh, the Mummy Demastered. That's kind of the <laughs> oh, obvious yeah. one. <laughs> have, you, have you have you seen the movie for that? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I have. I'm I'm a I'm a bit of a connoisseur of bad films. I think I watch. <laughs> I I think I intentionally watch more bad films than good films. <laughs> I mean, there, there's some fun in it for sure. Yeah, it's it is not a good movie, <laughs> which is unfortunate because I mean, I I am all for their say, concept no, of the dark cinematic universe. Yeah, you know, to have like the classic movie monsters in this, you know, you know, Marvel style universe. I, I'm I'm all for that, but man, that was that was not a it's, good. Movie. It is rough, and it's funny to me that like that was their second attempt at doing that because they were like, oh, we're gonna do this Universal movies, you know, monster universe or whatever, dark universe as they called it, and they did that promotional reel, and yeah. they had um they had dracula untold come out and it was poorly received and they were like just kidding just kidding that's that's not it we're, we're gonna we're gonna try again <laughs> mulligan, I, I mulligan. Remember that. yeah dracula untold with luke evans was supposed to be the first one and then they were like no it's terrible we're not gonna that's not it we're gonna do the mummy with tom cruise you'll see it's, we're it's, gonna make it's, this it's a rare miss for tom cruise tom cruise is in usually in pretty oh yeah good he tends too. yeah he tends to make really good movies <laughs> it's but man that whole thing was so like I got so much like secondhand embarrassment from that because they took promotional photos with like yeah. Javier Bardem playing like Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein and Johnny Depp was supposed to be the invisible man and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, such a shame. Oh, so you finally, you have the uh, necromancer. I saw you get the necromancer and you have the shadow warrior now. So once you fall into the dream world again, I would just switch to one of those immediately and play around with them you're probably gonna like the shadow warrior the best okay uh, another uh, another game i'd take over the actual movie is sweet home i don't know if i would agree with that oh, really? i mean yeah. I, don't get me wrong i think sweet home is kind of an interesting movie i love that movie and the uh, game is good like i like the game i think the game is more interesting for me as an early like a relic of or a, a predecessor to like what they would carry over to like Resident Evil and stuff like that. Um, man, it's brutally hard though. I, I really love the game. Uh, I mean, and the only reason I say I would take the game over the movie is just because I really love the game. I don't think it's a bad movie. A, a lot of people seem to think it's a bad movie, but I, I kind of like it. 
Yeah, it, I, I like it a lot. It's it's got. I like the special effects, the practical effects. I think Dick Smith did the uh, the practical work in in that movie, which is crazy. And Sweet Home. But yeah, yeah, I think it was Dick Smith. It was either Dick Smith or Screaming Mad George, but I'm pretty sure it was Dick Smith. But yeah, there's. Oh, did you wake up again? Oh, I guess you that's, did. That's true. I I came over. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm just learning. I'm just learning. Let's see. I'm start over, but that's okay. I'm just learning the ropes here. And I, you know, I, I don't own it, so I'm I'm not above using save states. Take advantage <laughs> of this this everdrive. Yeah, you're, you're oh, not yeah. it off your backlog. Yeah. You don't own it, so. Do it. No judgment here. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know, back to back to Nightmare on Elm Street, just in general, the uh, the movies. I mean, I can't remember anything from like anything after the third movie. I don't remember anything. Yeah, I don't remember a lot either. And I'm, I'm, I'm I, can I just say that I'm, I'm a in... really big. I'm really like I am not a big fan of movies that that kill off the hero from the previous movie at the very beginning of the of the next one. The first movie I remember yeah. ever seeing that happen and, and how how distasteful I thought it was was Iron Eagle. <laughs> and they like kill off the the uh, the main character from from the first one immediately at the beginning, the opening scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of a cheap move, really. What really sucks about that though is that, you know, later on down the line, like there's there's no hope of them ever coming back. I mean they yeah. could do some some comic book nonsense and retcon or whatever but like still it's it kind of makes you feel like oh well that do they have to kill him like maybe they wanted to come back in iron eagle four yeah but, i mean you know they were able to they were able to, to to do it with nightmare on elm street three yeah well they you that's know, what they did i mean that's they did it with nightmare on elm street three well i mean but heather does she she doesn't die well, in no, three, no, does she, she die, die in three? Not, Her dad does. The option was available right? for for no, them. She, she dies in three. In a later movie after she skipped a movie. No, she she dies in three. And then the... And then God, she's I a new remember. nightmare. And then she's a new nightmare playing herself. She's not right. playing Nancy Thompson. Um, but they did that with Nightmare 4, where I think it was 4, where they took Patricia Arquette's character from, from Dream Warriors right. and they killed her in nightmare four so yeah like there's some of that going on in the nightmare series well i know is it one of the people like like the boxer guy like dies at the beginning of four that like survived yeah. three yeah that's right king cade yeah king yeah Cade is awesome i i um, implied uh donated another five dollars keeping keeping the streak alive yeah uh saying i uh, got another one for you favorite bad slash cheesy horror movie i mean like the default and far too easy answer to that. I mean, you know, it's always troll too, but I mean, that's, that's, that's too easy. So I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm sure I could think of some answers to that, but for some reason, what pops in my head and I, I would not call this bad, but it, it also kind of is, uh, you know, me, me and drum had a really interesting experience watching the phantasm series for the first mm -hmm. time <laughs> uh because i mean i mean what, would you call that bad or not 
best. I think a lot of people wouldn't think of the, the think of the first one as. I would good. say that the first the first two at least are not bad, and once you get to Ravager, it is categorically bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it was it was such an interesting experience because. Uh, uh, Drumstar watching it on his own, and uh, I, th I think he say he got like halfway through, and he's like, "Man, I gotta watch this with Try. This is such <laughs> ridiculous garbage." And we watched it, and man, we were laughing and having a good time. And then we like went to YouTube. And like found out it's like on all these lists of like greatest horror movies ever made. You've got all these famous directors talking about like, oh, like when I saw Fantastic <laughs> the first time and I saw this, this and that, like, oh, it was so horrifying. And we're like, wait, we were just like <laughs> laughing like crazy at this movie. And there's like all these people that are like legit calling it like a, a, a horror classic. And we just couldn't believe it. And we like kept watching it watching the series and then like the whole thing like kind of like looped right back around to being amazing when we got to the fourth movie and you have like all this footage that was shot during the shooting of the first movie that was unused that they like worked into like the plot and editing of part uh, four where like, you know, the actors were like younger and everything. Like it's footage that was definitely shot back in the day. And it just was like this wild, like our minds were blown moment. <laughs> and like, we kind of like loop back around to thinking, oh, okay, maybe this series is kind of amazing. And like, I, I look at the first movie differently now. It's so, a, like, I mean, it's definitely a weird series. Like I've, it's to me, it kind of feels like the Hellraiser series. It doesn't feel like Hellraiser, oh, but like, Fan, fans of of Phantasm are like their own breed. Like fans of Hellraiser are sort of their own breed. <laughs> yeah, like we have we we drum keeps uh he has this roulette wheel app on his phone. Uh, and and more often than not, we like to go into movie night, not knowing what we're gonna watch. <laughs> and he rolls the roulette. You know, usually it's a category. And then, like, maybe we've got a list of movies on a sub-wheel that we, that we go through. And one of the categories is the bullet list, you know, like Russian roulette. Yeah. And, uh, and, and finishing Hellraiser is on the bullet list, because we got maybe three or four movies into that. Yep. And we just want all desire to continue. You, you are now in the deep end, officially. Once you get past three, you're in the deep end. Oh. Not not something I'm looking forward to. We're going to commit to finishing it someday, but not. to answer that uh, that question about favorite cheesy or bad horror movies, I, I mean I've seen a lot of stuff. I mean a lot of of bad cheesy horror movies. Um, <laughs> Spookies is probably up there just for how like creative it is. Like it's absolutely like incoherent, but the special effects in it are so much fun, and there's a lot of good creature work in it. Um, so Spookies is way up there. And then I, I really like uh, House 2, the second story. I, I, really I, I like the you first got, one a lot, too. <laughs> got, got Amy Yazbeck in there. You got John Ratzenberger. Oh, my God. John Ratzenberger, when he shows up, 
and they're just like, we got this, th th you see this thing in the wall here? You know, we, we don't know what's going on. He's just like, oh, yeah, you got a portal to another dimension here. I see these all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, house one is weird, but house two is. Oh my god, they, they're with you in the chat, said Boneyard. The Boneyard? <laughs> if you ever want to see a giant zombie Phyllis Diller, watch The Boneyard. It also has one of the greatest, cheesiest end credit song ever. Like the, <laughs> one of the, the most cheesiest songs ever in the end credit. You know, uh, something we watched not that long ago uh, that I was surprised by how much I liked it was uh, the Critters series. Critters is great. Critters uh, is great. I mean, especially Critters 1 and 2. Like, mm -hmm. I was not expecting the immediate sequel to be nearly as entertaining so as it good. was. Man, and it's that... an Easter movie. If you're feeling festive around Easter, know, what should right? I watch? Critters 2. Perfect. <laughs> you don't get a, like, get a lot of Easter when movies. You saw that guy, like, putting on the Easter bunny suit. And like it clicked in our heads, like what was about to happen. Mm -hmm. Like we were just so giddy with anticipation. <laughs> the the giant ball of critters, like that's that's when the critters actually became like a, a real menace to me. Because even I love the critters movies, but watching like the first one, I'm just like, kick them, kick them. <laughs> they're they're kicking size, like just kick the guys. <laughs> like we were we were looking at the box art for for critters too and like saw like the big giant ball on it and like mm -hmm. didn't think that it actually meant anything we just thought it was some weird design for the box art and like what it actually happened in the movie i was just like wait that was a thing from the movie that's amazing no. <laughs> then critters critters 3 famously has uh leonardo dicaprio's yeah, first role movie yeah, I think it was his first movie ever. Uh, my, yeah, and I don't like I, the one I always think of, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember really liking. I, I'm I'm assuming that it's probably not that great, but I remember having like really cool effects. Is uh, the stuff? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I I I didn't really I couldn't really figure That's out stuff. how I felt about it when I watched it. The the thing that I think is like the greatest success of the stuff is despite all of the things that happen because of the stuff, I still watch it and I'm like, I know what's going to happen, but I still want to taste it. I still want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously it's just going to taste like, like marshmallows, you know? Yeah. Like marshmallow cream or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The but stuff, I, that's a I, good I think I've talked a bit like in previous streams about the, uh, the one, like, we used to, like, rent these really, really weird horror movies all the time uh, from, from Movie World when I was growing up. And there's always a handful of movies that really freaked me out just because of the cover. And eventually I got around to uh, uh, watching them. And uh, the one, of, one was uh, this movie called Lunch Meat. And it was, oh, yeah. it was this guy with a, uh, he's eating, like, a... Uh, like a severed arm on the on the cover, and if oh, you yeah. if you look it up, if you look it up, it's just you'll see, and it's it is like, I think it's pretty creepy looking. It's a pretty creepy looking. Uh, oh yeah. Cover. Uh, I think the guy's the the guy's name is uh was Benny in the in the movie, but uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Obviously, that... like taken off of like inspired by like the cannibalism of 
of, of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, um, that's a really expensive tape. I don't know if you've if you lunch meat into the yeah. Is it really? If, if you've gotten into the uh, the VHS collecting scene at all, which I'm I'm, nah, I'm sort of on the fringes. <laughs> I've got a collection of like horror VHS, but I don't participate in the community as much anymore. And if you're part of any of those groups on Facebook, it's pretty easy to see why because it's. I mean, there's there's no word other word for it than toxic. Like it's terrible. <laughs> um, but lunch but, me in particular, huh? Lunch. Well, yeah. Like basically. Anything that's anything that you would consider like underseen horror stuff on VHS is gonna be expensive, like Slime City, Street Trash, uh, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> the other one that always got to me was the uh, was the cover of this movie called Five Five Five. So maybe that's another one that is. That's an extremely expensive movie <laughs> really <laughs> yes that thing frequently goes for hundreds of dollars oh wow and the cover I is mean, just like it's like, like a head like, getting uh, sep- like getting cut off i haven't i haven't looked up the i watched value it on, on a, i watched it on a halloween of that year i might have been in this is an interesting was, diversion this was 10th grade <laughs> or so you know speaking of uh, you, you brought up texas chainsaw massacre man I haven't gotten around to the sequels past two, but I was really caught off guard by two. That is a well, I mean, strange movie. It's there's not a lot of places they could go after that after the first one. I think, but I oh, was looks- not expecting it to be like so goofy. Okay, it, it's come down a little bit. Five, five, five. I've seen it go for two hundred before, but it looks like in really good shape. It goes for about a hundred fifty. That's crazy. I mean, because nobody owns that. They just probably bought it from, like, rental stores, yeah. right? All that stuff. Uh, well, I mean, back then, you know, like, owning a VHS, you know, that especially those really early ones, like, meant spending, like, $80 on the tape. Right, right. You know, they, they were priced for rental stores. Exactly. Yes, rental stores would buy, like you know a, a few of them at a really really high price and you know the distributors would be trying to make their money back because they knew that that's that was the last that they were going to see of it because that tape was then going to start producing uh, an income for those rental places right yeah i mean i remember that because i remember buying a vhs copy of of uh project aco for like oh yeah like 60 Classic. or 70 yeah that's probably it's like my favorite anime i think i don't really watch anything new so I've I've fallen way by. We love talking about horror movies too much. I've, I've fallen way behind donations. There was a two dollars uh, from uh, Jonathan G. Uh, saying uh, save state or die. I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference to anything. Well, I'm I'm doing it with each 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 screen. Ooh, okay. I just pick up a cup of coffee there. Uh, and then I think next was EB Chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, J- Jonathan G broke the broke the five uh, five dollar streak, and uh, some people trying to bring it back. I see. <laughs> uh, this, this comes from from old EB Chill too, uh, saying uh, I'm playing Resident Evil Five, trying to complete Corey and Tries PS3. 360 Wii top 10 list. Need direction for my backlog. Thanks again. Ooh, that's yeah, that's I mean, crazy that that's what you're doing. 
you're, you're he's choosing our uh, top ten list from. This was that like our third video on the channel. Uh, it was one of our first videos. Yeah, it's a bad video, but probably still relevant for our picks uh, of the best games of the generation. You know, I know Resident Evil Five is, you know, uh, there's mixed opinions about it, but it, I, I think it's a blast. Uh, it's, you know, it's, 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 it is a great co-op game for sure. It, it's it's probably my favorite. Definitely my favorite, like, co-op game that I played online. I really like it. I, yeah, I know that the, the opinions on it are kind of... It's divisive. Let's say it's not as divisive as 6, right? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, no, I like it a lot. It's it's one of those great co-op games that I that, that tested my marriage. That's, that's the sign of a great <laughs> co-op game to me. Resident Evil 5 and Portal 2. You want to test your marriage, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think any Sit game. your wife down with Portal 2. <laughs> I mean, she has no interest in playing any game, period. Yeah, Portal 2 was an experience of me being a, a b-hole. <laughs> <laughs> and saying, why can't you do... Why do you not see that this is the answer? You have to put the portal there and do that? Okay. <laughs> this thing is... Well, Sandy, Sandy develops a taste for cardboard. Not often, but... This thing is she pretty found tough. A, a shipping box that she wanted to chew the corner of a bit. Uh, let's see. I've got a few more to catch up on here. We've got we've got we got five dollars from hey you. <laughs> hey. Saying, uh, I've seen how good the clean bald with glasses look can be. What about you, try? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that yeah, as a compliment. I mean, I'm, All I'm right. Already right here. I mean. You know, I mean, my, my hair has gone a little bit in that direction, but I'm I'm stubbornly sticking to it. Mostly because, like, you know, I feel like from the straight-on, like, camera-presenting view, you know, you can't you can't tell how thin it has become on the top <laughs> as much. So I stick with it. I don't really care what it looks like in real life as long as it's uh, not distractingly awful on camera. Speaking of hairstyles, I, I I feel like you know since I'm here, I should offer you guys the formal challenge of No Shave November. Are you doing it or not? I, you know, it 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 it, de it, it depends. On... See, it's easy it's easy for me to challenge you for No Shave November because yeah. I'm no No Shave never. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, to be honest, I I do not shave very often. I mean, I usually shave like probably on average once every other week but can i not go I, ahead this now? like i could get I through I... a month probably I, I would probably start I, I would probably start hating how Corey, did you do three houses i thought i did so if you did three houses the next one should be farther down i think it is the i want to say the junkyard it's oh, all okay. the way at the very very end on the right but yeah i probably i probably couldn't do it though because I'm I'm probably gonna end up shooting my on-camera segment for Analog Frontiers Part Three at some point in November. What? I think you just do okay. it now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it was like for some throwaway video, I wouldn't really care what I look like. But for Analog Frontiers, I want it to look relatively consistent with. with well, part you could one, shoot it now. Which is, which is not going to be. You I mean, could shoot it in, already... in this month. Huh? You could shoot it in October. I could. 
but it's it's already going to be uh, a little inconsistent with uh, with part one because you know I had like an actual proper haircut in part one, and now it's you know me just you know trimming it back with my razor. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, I don't know how uh, how different uh, it'll really look on camera but yeah i i accepted the beard life very early on i was able to grow a beard in high school and i was just like i'm not shaving <laughs> forget that <laughs> so i've had a beard since high school and every once in a while i'll take it off i think when Corey met me i think i was still rocking the mustache do you remember Corey? uh i maybe maybe okay yeah so I had a I had a, a CDC approved mustache back in March so that a face mask would fit over <laughs> my beard. Uh, and then after a while, I was just like, nope, I need the beard back. My face doesn't look right. Well, um, I, 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 I mean, that wasn't that wasn't that long ago. You met up with Corey. No, no. So your beard. I, when was it? When did we? I can't, I can't even remember. Or, when was it? Beginning of September been, is when we met up. Yeah. Oh, when he was on his way no. Florida. Oh, 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 right, right, right. I, I meant like the first time that I had talked to you. Oh, uh, that would have been on, like, May, video I believe. chat. I think okay, something like that. Yeah, I probably was growing it back by then. Um, but yeah, so like early on, it was a laziness thing, and then when I started losing my hair on top, I started taking a razor to my head. <laughs> so <laughs> the opposite happened, where I don't shave this, but I shave this. I just use a buzzer without any any guard on it for my head, and I've started using, uh, like the like the shortest guard for my face, so that it's uh, slightly longer than the hair on my hair on my head. Yeah, I mean, who, who knows? Some someday I I may I may have no choice, but I I don't I don't know if we can be the the two bald guys on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, as it is, I'm all I'm you know people. Usually when, you know, it's just trolls being critical of, you know, you know, a video, usually they like, it, it's very clear that they had not watched very much of the video because they they usually are like, like, I can't stand how this guy looks. I can't stand how this guy talks. I can't stand how this guy says this word. And it's like, which, which guy? Like, <laughs> yeah, video. So then people will really start to think there's only one guy if, if, if we're the two the two old guys on YouTube. Well, there was a uh, comment on the CRT episode today saying, fix your green screen. It's like, okay, I will go back in time and repair this green screen from, yeah, from Corey, five years ago. Invent time travel <laughs> to fix your chroma wall. Yeah. You know, someone in the Discord said something like, like uh, they'd like to see us remake uh, remake RGB episodes only if we go back to the green screen hosting. <laughs> okay, Corey, you're gonna need to like really watch for bones in this level because they like to hide in those piles of trucks. Oh, you may have missed one already. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, just just keep an eye on it. This this level's kind of a pain. Um, kind of feel like that. an archaeologist. <laughs> I, I I do have to admit, when we did do the green screen hosting, I, I always preferred working with Corey's footage than my footage because it's it was just much, easy to. It, and you didn't yeah. you didn't wear your glasses on camera at the time, right? I mean, uh, I didn't wear my glasses on in the show for a long time, for at least the first like three years or so. 
Yeah. And so since you didn't wear glasses and since you were bald, uh, you were always a lot easier to chroma key than me. <laughs> uh, you know, not to say that it's easier that to do that. Go back to the beginning. It was like the ama most amazing looking chroma key ever because it certainly wasn't. But, uh, uh, but anyway, uh, there was also five dollars from Aaron Welch. Thank you. Saying uh, horror fans always talk about the worst slash cheesiest horror films. But what do you consider the best slash genre elevating horror movie? Hmm. You know, for being such a horror guy, like my my answers are such normy answers. <laughs> I I adore Poltergeist. I think Poltergeist is a flat out stone cold masterpiece. I love it. Um, I think it's a great movie about motherhood and what a mother will go through to protect her children. And I think Joe Beth Williams is amazing in it like just transcendent um i also uh, my i often say my favorite filmmaker is david cronenberg and i really really love the fly and scanners and video i love videodrome um i almost bought yeah. that on uh on streaming recently because it was like 4.99 videodrome yeah i don't know if you do i've only Blu seen like but the, the, cr the like... criterion the criterion of videodrome is incredible it's an amazing set uh, I mean, I personally, like, I don't really do uh, physical uh, movies very much these days. Just easier. Yeah. Uh, um, I understand that. I've, I definitely have a movie collection. Now. <laughs> you know, I, I saw I saw The Fly or, well, I saw, like, most of The Fly on TV when I was in college. And, man, I I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I, was, I, I'm in, I, I intend to revisit it, but like I just I remember just feeling just ugh, about man, that was Jeff, like really early in my horror experience. You got to so go back to it, man. Out of a reaction, it was to gross. It. it is. It is really. Jeff it Goldblum is. is so good in it. Gina Davis is so good in it. They had like you know I mean, that Jeff Goldblum is is good in everything, but like, yeah, I yeah. remember he's like, yeah he's feeling, Jeff Goldblum in everything, yeah, but that's good. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I want to say the only other Cronenberg movie I've seen, and this was actually really recent. I saw it was, uh, Existence. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Which yeah. was so, <laughs> so weird. Like I, I, I don't even know how to describe my feelings on it. Like I, <laughs> I it's kind of, I kind of liked it just because I think it's it great. So I, I didn't know what to expect from it and it was so weird the whole that time. was that was the the year 1999 was the year <laughs> virtual reality yeah uh, i mean i remember it when it was coming out it's like oh this is like you and you thought the matrix was crazy yeah that was the same the matrix came out that year that came out yeah. and then the, the 13th floor came out that year which is kind of the same thing and I, I, you know, I love the Matrix. Don't get me wrong, but I, I feel like kind of um, Existence got short shrift because of the Matrix and like yeah. how what a monster. Oh, I forgot about Thirteenth Floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I mean to go back to Aaron Welsh's question, like the the best or genre elevating horror movie. I mean, I, I don't know if this is you know you, you were talking about you know kind kind of some some normy answers, and I mean I can definitely tell you're like way deeper. <laughs> into the depth of, of, 
genre elevating genre elevating is a weird uh, uh, but like like for me like this is you know again probably i don't know if this would be a popular answer today or not but like i gotta say like i mean i still think blair witch project is the scariest horror movie i've seen it's good and it cha i mean it changed the game man like it's you know i mean i i i love found footage but it it is very rarely as effective as blair witch is i mean blair witch just feels to, to me it just it just feels very awful you yeah. know i mean I, I even love it like as as an art piece like it's mixed medium like it's it's video and film like it's so it's such a weird and for for such an early uh, found footage film and granted it's not as early as like the what was it, that it? alien one or like boggy creek or you know cannibal holocaust or whatever but i don't know I, it's so interesting to me to kind of watch it as as that and to watch these film quote-unquote film students like fumble around with this film camera that they don't even know how to use and they're just like ah oh, this old browning camera's in metric and i was measuring in you know imperial <laughs> and like my focus is off and stuff it's it's yeah it's just I, I I love it. You know, I, I really want to rewatch Blair Witch 2 because I, I read this really incredible uh, breakdown of that movie a few years ago where they were talking about how actually Blair Witch 2 is like this really insightful commentary. It really is. It's kind of a great movie, the second uh, one. Film studio interference and uh, you know, uh, audience expectations and mm -hmm. things like that. And it's like, it kind of blew my mind. Like, I actually kind of liked the movie when yeah. I first saw it. Like, as, yeah. as different as it is, I thought it was an interesting movie. But then when I read, like, the more in-depth, like... Because it takes into account the actual... It, I'm like, okay, now I really need to... Yeah, conceptually, I think it's super interesting. I came to that one really late. Like, I didn't see it until the cool kids quote unquote were already saying like actually Blair Witch 2 is good and I was like okay <laughs> let's check it out then yeah, so I, I mean it's it's cool it's um I watched I, it I, I, saw it I wasn't totally on board with it I need to get back to it though I need to like kind of reevaluate it again um I think I saw the flaws that everyone else saw it at, at first but I'm I'm it's ready a, for a reevaluation one of the interesting things about it is that it was like directed by a uh, someone who is like normally a documentary director Mm -hmm. It was like a, it was a Joe Berlinger. They didn't do found footage. <laughs> oh, I can't. Can I not make this jump here? How do I do this? Can I uh, jump you got to jump on the bubbles. Okay, so I can jump on. I see. You can. They Let's, they uh, burst really quick though, so you need to hop on. Let's them go quick. back here. You know, speaking of uh, of well, found footage movies, um, last week I, I was just I was just really tired. I went in the mood to play games. And I was like, I'm just going to load up. I'm going to go to the horror section on Netflix and just play three. Horror. The horror section. It's my favorite. Horror. And, uh, oh, I love good horror films. I watched um, <laughs> As Above, So Below. Oh, yeah. About the catacombs. Yeah. And um, yep. I, I thought it would have been more effective actually is just like a normal movie not a found footage movie like it, it kind of struck me as if it was shot found footage mostly out of budget reasons because i feel like the story just the story was interesting i mean it was kind of like a 
you know, a horror take on like a Indiana Jones, Uncharted, Lara Croft style story. Um, but the thing that that jumped out at me in the movie was there was this part where uh, they uh, they're trying to figure out how to like get through this one part of the catacombs. And they're they're talking about a uh, Tol, uh, Ptolemaic hinge, mm. and I did some Google searching. A have you seen it, Dustin? No, I haven't. Uh, and uh, I, I was doing some research on it afterward, and I couldn't find very much on Google about this subject outside of that movie. And but it it, it was so fascinating to me because they, they were at this part where. They're trying to figure out how, and, you know, they see this symbol that, you know, they think means something. They're like, oh, we have to, like, pull the right stone because it's a Ptolemaic hinge and blah, 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 you know. And when they pull this stone out, like, it, it it's not like a big thing like you see in most movies or games. But there's, like, a little hole where you see this stone like roll away you know just like the mm -hmm. classic like you know movie temple door or whatever right? right yeah and i always like have always assumed that that's just like a a tool of uh convenience for movies and video games to have these doors and ancient ruins and that that's you know and any sort of actual moving door could not possibly be a real thing in ancient ruins but the fact that they like actually gave this thing a name like, kind of maybe be like, wait a second, could there be more truth to that than I thought? But going on Google, I couldn't really find anything about it. But like, you know, again, like that's just the fact that it was like that found footage movie. It just like kind of has this little thing in your head that like almost makes you want to believe it a little bit more, you know? Yeah. But uh, I was like, wait, is that, is that a real thing? Do those doors have a name? <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, maybe they do, but like no one seemed to be talking about online outside of that movie. So I, I, I really want to know more. Like, oh, do, do those doors have a name? Uh, we got. Um, I, okay, you got, read uh, it, but I. From, uh, from our good old friend Scott Davis. Oh. Thank uh, Saying, hey dudes, uh, Xbox Series X and auto HDR for legacy stuff. You stoked on this? I plan to first try Child of Eden, Tron Evolution, Panzer Dragoon, Mass Effect 2, uh, and Mass Effect 2 Shadow Broker DLC. Any got any benchmark ideas? Yeah, I really don't know uh, what to think of the auto HDR stuff. You know, the game that popped in my head uh, the other week for auto HDR was uh, was Alan Wake. Oh, I feel like that could be really interesting with the uh, with the auto HDR. I mean, it, I, I really don't know what I'm going to think about that until I see it, and it might just kind of be a, a game by game basis. Um, you know, in terms of like benchmark, I don't know if you mean like you know testing out like frame rate and stuff versus um, uh, you know if you're talking about auto HDR specifically. Um, I mean, you know, one game that popped in my head is. Uh, a way out uh you know it, it you do it. did not right have perfect performance and i think it would, would be interesting to try on xbox series x um you know a game that i haven't still haven't played yet uh i've got the ps4 version of this though but you know again we expect 
PS4 to probably have better frame rates as well, even though we know less about it. Um, you know, I haven't played uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 yet, and I think that's supposed to have some pretty bad frame rate issues. So I'll be curious to see how that works on PS4 Pro. Um, I don't think uh, maybe near Automata. I still haven't played that either. I, I think that I don't think that had a perfect frame rate on PS4. Did you play um, the first one? I think you played it, yeah. The first near, but near Automata. Right, right, right. I'm just I just didn't know if you had played. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. I've played uh, I've played the first one. You know something that popped in my head um, this week, and like I I don't know if it would work this way or not but like i was thinking like i wonder if you know i mean part of the huge upgrade of these systems is significantly faster cpus i mean that was always kind of a weakness of the current generation going into it is that the cpus were not particularly impressive for their time um and kind of made me think like you know emulation is as far as i understand mostly a cpu bound thing and it made me think like could emulation compilations that were designed for ps4 xbox one like could would they like is it possible that they could automatically have like less input lag or audio lag if just put on a next-gen system with a higher CPU? Or is that delay, like, kind of built into how that emulator is compiled? Like, I I don't know, but it would be, like, kind of kind of crazy, though, don't you think? If, like, you know, Mega Man X Legacy Collection or whatever, you know, had less input lag. Like, I don't... I have no idea. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But... We won't know until we try it. Kind of want to look into. Uh, Really quick, I just want to mention the uh, the the horror movie that I feel like elevated the genre, and it it might be. I'm glad you're going back to this because I have another answer. I was going to jump back to it. (laughs) Uh, The one I always stick with is uh, is Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, which is a movie that I have seen countless times and is one of my favorite, especially being someone who is a fan of of mall culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even though I mean that's that's the '70s, so it was is di- it's different than uh, what I grew up with. I mean, I I agree, I totally agree, and like for that matter, Night of the Living Dead, like Night of the yeah, Living oh, Dead, yeah. changed the horror genre forever. Like, yeah. you know, it basically invented the modern zombie. Yes. Believe it or not, I I I have no idea why this is the case, but. You never like, seen it. I have not seen any of the movies in that series past. Really, original Night of the Living Dead, and I, I don't know. Like they're on my backlog, you know. I, I totally intend to watch them for some reason. It just hasn't happened yet, and I don't know why that is. Uh, I, and for some reason, instead of watching those not that long ago, I watched all of the uh, Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> even rave e- even rave from the grave try even rave from the grave wow yeah, i watched them all <laughs> but you but you haven't seen, you gotta see dawn of the dead i mean dawn I, of I, don't is... I, I don't know why i don't know why it is Corey, uh, i mean not all, 
they're not all great. Like there's six of those dead movies. Well, now. yeah, but I mean, like and, even even the third one, even the Day of the Dead, I don't really care for that much because. Okay, so, hold on. <laughs> the, the, well, I mean, it is like the effects, the gore I effects love, are insane in in Day of the Dead. Uh, I love Day of the Dead, but that is it's also a movie ones. that supposedly had a lot of meddling and stuff with the studio. Mm-hmm. Like if you read all the stuff about the original intro and all this other stuff, there's like all the stuff that they had to had to take out uh yeah. but I, mean, I have some love for land of the dead i think land of the dead's pretty good um well, land the, the last two are not so good i didn't i did not see the last two but i mean day of the dead is just it's mainly because the bad guy the main bad guy in in day of the dead is he is like so like annoying <laughs> joe Pilato. Oh, yeah he, so well good. i mean it's like like you really, you really hate him, and when he dies, oh yeah, it is like finally, <laughs> finally the, whole, the 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 rant about like I'm running this monkey farm. Is yeah. <laughs> I'm in charge here, Frankenstein? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so going going back to the the genre elevating question, that's a that's a hard one for me because I automatically just want to jump to like. I don't know about genre elevating. I just want to talk about my favorite horror movies. But um, I think that Antichrist for me counts as that. Like Antichrist, the Lars von Trier film, like changed how I saw what a horror movie could be. You know, there's there's a scene and not even like the really gross, like extreme stuff, like toward the end of that movie, like that stuff aside, like I'm talking about like these small moments where like they're you know, Willem Dafoe and his wife played by Charlotte Gainsborough are out in the woods and they're hearing uh, the acorns fall from the trees onto the roof of their house. And they're talking about how like, those are the dead children of these trees that are looming above them. And like the, they keep getting louder and louder. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> like, I mean, that was, that was back in my weed smoking days. So like that, <laughs> that may have had to do with it, but um, what year, what year is that movie? I, I'm not, uh, Antichrist, I think is 2009. That's not eight? the one about the end of the world, right? No, no. That's the one where the couple um, loses their son in an accident, their infant son. And the husband played by Willem Dafoe is like a, like a therapist. And he decides to treat his wife for grief and anxiety by taking her into the wilderness, into a cabin where they can isolate themselves and like get back to nature or something and it gets weird <laughs> uh, go, go into a cabin evil dead evil dead taught me that's bad that's always bad yeah <laughs> it's definitely like I, I think you can definitely categorize it as like a, a cabin in the woods horror movie but yeah. it's very like off the beaten path like it's very kind of like makes its own way i, I think which I is love, a great I movie by the way i was just talking to try about that and he doesn't oh, really yeah. remember too much about it about cabin in the woods but it's like it's a pretty good movie so it has a pretty good twist to it. Yeah, I like it. Watch it. Yeah, do you don't you don't remember the twist at all or anything? Oh, I remember I remember the twist. Okay. You know, I did, I just don't remember a lot else about it. Can I, like, I can't I can't, can't grab this bone. There we go. Speaking of uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods movies, I, I, I meant to ask I was asking I meant to ask you, uh, Corey, because uh, you know, Drum and I just uh, watched all of uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And then we we capped it off by rewatching the uh, 
the Evil Dead remake, mm-hmm. which like I think is really good. I like it. It's good. It's very bloody. It's exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> uh, and like the way that the 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 thing about it that I love is that like you think it's over and then like the whole best part of the movie happens after that. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen it, Corey? I have not. It's 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 really good. I like that actress too. The actress that's got like a big gap in her teeth in front. She was in um, one of the seasons of uh, oh, what was that show? Channel Zero. She was in the, one of the seasons of Channel Zero. That's that's also that show got canceled. That shouldn't have because it was great. It was like the horror anthology, like season anthology show that people should have been watching instead of American Horror Story. <laughs> and like one of the only good things that sci-fi produces, to be honest. But yeah, it's it was good. <laughs> that makes me think about. Uh, so when I was down visiting my mom, uh, she was watching. Uh, what was it? what was the one's channel? That I was just like I was amazed by the fact that that it's like the Travel Channel. The Travel Channel has anybody watched the Travel Channel these days? And basically, all the Travel <laughs> Channel is is like a hundred percent like Ghost Hunters stuff. Zach Baggins. <laughs> Zach Baggins. <laughs> you can watch. Uh, you can watch. Uh, oh, what's his name? Post Malone get cursed by Zach Baggins' Divic box <laughs> on the Travel Channel. <laughs> I, I could not believe it. Ooh. Oh, that's. I guess. I don't know how far back this was put me. There's, there's an... Let's catch up on some of the donations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just too behind. Uh, there was uh, $5 from Attack of the Zack. Ooh. Uh, saying Lawnmower Man is the best movie of our generation. <laughs> uh, I, I, the best movie of our generation? I know that it has a bad reputation. And I know that it apparently has like absolutely nothing to do with the source material. Isn't there like uh, a famously terrible like Sega Saturn game based on that? I know yeah, there were yeah. some games, but like, isn't there one yeah, specifically one for Sega Saturn? I, I mean, I, it's, it's I assume F- they are probably bad on virtue of being associated with the movie. Uh, yeah, but I, I have not seen the movie, but I. I, I I hope to one day so I can understand. It's it a pretty life. good ending to it. It's madness. I gotta say, not to spoil uh, it or anything, but it says a it has a, it has Pierce Brosnan in it. it has has 007 before he was before his Bond. Really? That's, yeah. that's kind of that's kind of wild. Uh, not the kind of movie I'd expect to expect him I, to I be saw in. I saw that movie in the theater. That was like when. Uh, Virtual reality was this unknown thing. Or you thought it was going to be using virtual reality to become uh, super smart. That's what he does. Uh, and then there was a uh, season appropriate $6.66 <laughs> from uh, Henrique, Henrique Zelensky. Zelensky. Thank you. Uh, saying, speaking of horror movies and unshaved, uh, Life Force 1985 <laughs> is a trash good one with that unshaved naked girl killing everyone. <laughs> I knew where that was going. 
I, uh, I'm familiar with Life Force, the video game, which sounds like it is not based on Life Force, the movie. It's not. Is it Life Force Salamander in yeah. Saramanda in Japanese? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> it, it sounds very much like, yeah, oh man, I love the Salamander uh, cover art. It's like one of the, one of the, that, have one, ever talked one of the coolest looking Famicom cartridges. Did I ever talk about like during the stream? I, I probably have mentioned it before, like my my connection to certain, uh, like like specifically like the first, uh, first two Friday the Thirteenth movies. Uh, so uh, one of my first jobs, like paying jobs that I got in New York, uh, was I was I was a logger on this uh, on like a mini series. And uh, one of the editors on it was assistant editor on uh, on Friday the 13th, 1 and 2. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool, that cool being able to you talk to also him. Did, you also did the credit sequence of Sleepaway Camp 6. Like the, the was it like the, yeah, like Wait, the new on. one. Well, I mean, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't do the credits. I took, I made changes to the credits, the credits. Hold on. Game. You did what now, Corey? <laughs> uh... Well, I got just got a game over. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like we're responsible for that. Um, it's okay. I mean, what did you do with with Sleepaway Camp? What was it? The the, the, new, the last uh, one that was made. Whatever. The last one that was made, I think, was the one where they brought back some of the old cast. It was like right, it was right. made by the guy who made the first one. It was yes. like it, it took place a whole lot later than I met. Return, like I, I was in there because they did like the some of the sound mix at the post house that I was working at. And yeah, that they, had they to be re to... return to sleepaway camp. Yes, and then they had to make some changes to the ending credits, and I had to like go into the ending credits and like splice in, uh, like new credits, like create and create and splice in new credits for it. Is your name in the credits? No, 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 no. This was like, <sighs> I mean, at least I think it's not. I I didn't put it there. If that's the case. Uh, now don't wow. don't ask me. That's pretty why. cool. <laughs> Don't don't ask me why I have seen all of Sleepaway Camp and I have not seen, you know, any Living Dead movies beyond Night of the Living Dead. Don't ask me why. It's just a thing that happened. But I have seen all those movies. They are <laughs> they are a thing. They certainly are. I think there's only four. I think it's the first. There's the first one, and then there's like the two un whatever you want to call it, unofficial sequels or whatever. It, it and then the like fourth. I don't know how many there were, but it there, felt. I think there are four. Yeah, there are four. Because the fourth one is technically a, a direct sequel to the first one, and because it was made by the same filmmaker, and he doesn't consider two and three canon or whatever. I see. Yeah. Yeah, those movies are certainly existing. Well, yeah, I mean, well, specifically, like the first one was, you know, it was kind of ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, that ending too. Like yeah. no one. Nobody, no one saw that coming. Yeah. I mean, and that's essentially what it's like famous for. Yeah. Uh, Pop Belly Punch donated $2 asking, uh, worst game played lately? Mission Impossible for N64 here. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a friend renting Mission Impossible for N64. I mean, I remember people being kind of hyped for it because, like, you know, Obviously, GoldenEye was so popular on N64, so people were, were hungry for some more, like, you know, spy action. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I don't 
remember my own opinion on it, but I do remember it getting really bad reviews and I, I don't really remember anything about it. I just remember a friend rented it and I played a little bit of it and it was probably not good. Uh, worst game played lately, let me think. Uh, you know, I, I mean, this was, it was maybe last year sometime. Um, I didn't get all that far into it. I, I played a couple of hours, but I was really, I hate to say it, but I, I was not really getting much out of uh, a hat in time. I thought, I thought I was really going to like that game. And granted, I was playing the Switch version, which seems to be terrible. Uh, but I was, I was not enjoying myself. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it, it would be right to say it's, it's a bad game, but I, I, it was just, it was not, <laughs> not doing it for me. Um, See now, I'm, I'm like as you think about that, I'm, I'm thinking about like other people. Like I mean, I like met a lot of cool people. Like, the one job that I worked in New York when I was there, I was there for like seven years at this one job. So and they would have. Uh, these tours that would come in, uh, like satellite media tours, a lot. So I got to meet like a, a lot of people there. Um, I mean, I when Ash vs. the Evil Dead came out, I met Bruce Campbell. I got his got my picture taken with him. And I, I we usually don't ask to get. Our, we were not allowed to ask to uh, have our picture taken with anybody. But I felt like he was used to that kind of thing, and he was totally fine with it. He's, he's a he's a cool guy. I met him in Nashville at a well, technically Franklin, South Nashville, at a at a book signing back when I was in college. And the the only claim to fame that I have in that encounter is I I taught him uh, this little hand gesture that we used to do um, amongst our guy friends in college, where we would hold up our hands like this and say, "Where do the dogs go? To the pound." And I taught <laughs> Bruce Campbell how to. <laughs> to take the dogs to the pound. <laughs> I'll always remember. <laughs> My brother always talks about it. Where uh, I must have been like in in very uh, like very early grade school, and like where I <laughs> first like learned how to like you know that like put it like sticking up your middle finger was bad. Mm -hmm. And I always remember. Uh, learning it and doing it and my mom was talking on the phone and I just heard her say the person she was talking to on the phone she's like <laughs> she says Corey learned a new hand gesture at school today <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember you know, the first time I ever realized that was a bad thing was I was I was at the movies with my cousin and, I can't uh, even like I'm losing track here and what uh, I'm doing I think we were, I think we were like, we were like looking at the concessions or whatever. Like, you know, I was pointing like popcorn or some candy or something. I just like, I just like stuck out. I, I like just stuck out my hand and just like pointed at what I wanted with my middle finger. And I said, I want that. And she said, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, why? Like, it just makes sense. It's like, it's, it's the finger that extends the most outward of your of your fingers so it like makes sense okay there you go I, I i like this logic it makes sense that you would for the thing that you want you would stick your foremost uh uh digit out at the thing you want wow 
you know? <laughs> I just, that was, I don't know if that was a thing I was doing like regularly and no yeah. one told me not to do it. But I, I, I remember I did it then and my cousin's just like, don't play with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I was definitely I was definitely responsible for uh, my parents getting rid of cable like uh, like subscription cable channels like HBO and Showtime because uh, um, I I don't remember doing this but apparently when I was in kindergarten I called some kid on the playground an f and a hole <laughs> and uh, there was a conference about that and no more Showtime and HBO. <laughs> Dad was real upset about that too. You know, speaking of uh, of of the worst game you played lately, you know, one week ago I might have assumed that would be <laughs> McBat sixty four Journey of a Nice Chap, but I I had I had a a jolly relaxing time. It that. it looked lovely. It really did. <laughs> I, I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> there, there's there's no meat to you know I into there. I don't but, know if I'm alone. I went on the store. It was two bucks. I went on the store and I bought it. I'm sure a bunch of people in the chat dude, bought it. Last week, nice. last week you guys had like, what, like 800, 700, 800 viewers or something? I think like maybe, <laughs> it might have been, even hit 900 at some point. Yeah, like you had a lot of viewers last week. I'm sure that, that a bunch of people went on there and the developers of that game were just like, what happened? <laughs> Why? Well, we, we tweeted Why? at them. They didn't respond to our tweet or anything at, at diplodocus games see uh, i was is it is it yeah. is it definitely like that's the way you say it, is diplodocus i always thought it was diplodocus i i mean to be honest it's not not a word that i it's not a dinosaur i hear people talk about out loud very often i have my entire life said diplodocus As, ask a five-year-old I promise you a five-year-old well, knows how to I mean, I could ask I mean, I, I had... You would know. I had a... Yeah, ask Monty. Does Monty <laughs> I, I had a stuffed Diplodocus when I was five years old. And and, and a, a motorized walking Diplodocus. So whether I was wrong as a five-year-old, I don't know. But I've said Diplodocus my entire life. Worst game I've played recently. That's really hard because I've been like kind of sampling a lot of stuff for to try out stuff for the show and i mean movie tie-in games <laughs> like it's a it's a kind of a rough area to be in sometimes but well, you know we we uh beetle beetlejuice is pretty bad for nes yeah beetlejuice yeah, unfortunately that's a rare game oh yeah yeah it is i guess those are one of their back burner games <laughs> uh you know another really bad uh NES movie game is, I mean, I, I I think arguably the worst is Predator. Yeah, I haven't tried that. I haven't it's, tried that. Ooh, it's, 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 it's really oh, what, so. What about the new? There's a new Predator game out that I'm curious. The um, it's I think it's an asymmetric survival game, like you know, Dead by Daylight and stuff like that. Have you guys tried that? No, uh, but I know you're. It's like like hunting grounds or something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. I I, I don't I haven't really heard. Anything. So I'm I'm kind of curious. I don't know that I've ever seen Corey use save states on stream before, and it's got me wondering if he's actually enjoying this. <laughs> no, I totally am. I just like if it was a game that was on my backlog, I would be playing for real. Yeah. But if 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 I managed to buy it 
then I would go back and play through it. But now not, I'm, I'm just doing it because you would not market beat if you bought it. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I played through it legitimately for my for my video. Well, <laughs> I, I use cheats and save states. I mean, I, well, I, I mean, I, I was use, getting I footage. Use, if I'm playing through something for a video and I need to show a lot of footage, I will do it. I mean, I'll use them liberally. Uh, yeah. One of the coolest things I like about this, and I talk about this in the upcoming video, is that so the new the the NES EverDrive Pro has you can have a hundred save states. You have uh, like from zero to 99. And I like to just make a save state like every level if I have a opportunity to do that, because then I can just like jump to levels at any time if I need to get specific footage of anything. Mm -hmm. See, Corey, Corey is is way more open to doing that than I am. Like, yeah, I'm not above though, playing like, on easy. I have if the I capability on some of my EverDrives, like I. I, I just really, I mean, I have no problem with other people using them. I mean, it's, it's a totally, uh, valid way to enjoy games, but it's, it is not how I enjoy games. And I just, I can't even, even if it's as a tool of convenience for video making, I just, I don't, I don't like using them, but Corey, Corey is much better at using the full functionality of his, of his tools than yeah, I, I am. But like, I haven't used them in that way. Typically what I do is I just like, as I'm playing through a game, I'll write down codes and I'll only record in like hour long chunks. So I don't end up with like huge, huge files or whatever, mm -hmm. but like I'll get to a new level and I'll write down a time code and be like, this is where level whatever starts. And if something interesting happens or there's a new mechanic or something, I'm just like, Hey, I want to talk about this. I'll write it down. But yeah, I, I work off time codes. But I might start using save states. I think that's probably an easier way. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I I mean are, are you are you familiar with the backloggery, Dustin? Yeah, I have an account on there. I'm not. Uh, I'm not terribly active. I've, okay. I, mean, I, I spent I mean, a I, lot of time like putting my collection in there a couple of years ago, and then I. I mean, are, are you? I mean, are you at all familiar with the backstory? Like, I'm one of the co-founders. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew that you had some uh, hand in it. I wasn't entirely sure what. It was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, that's you know, that's how 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 Corey and I you know got to be friends, and uh, you know, I that that has like been a, a core facet to you know how we play games for so long and that that's why you, you know you normally don't see us use save states on stream and stuff like that because normally we're playing a game that you know unless that we're just like in the mood to like i'm going to play mario 64 you know just play some old favorite um normally we're normally we stream games that we haven't finished and that's also, you know, why we usually aren't like jumping around from game to game or something like that during streams, usually. Right. Uh, because usually we're like, I, I want to finish this game or at least make, you know, solid enough progress in the game. If it's kind of a longer game, we'll make enough progress to, you know, I can I can pick it up you know, later and, and hopefully hopefully finish it. But, you know, usually we're trying to mark games off our backlog. and. Yeah. You know, since since this is not a game that we own, I I I, I can totally understand uh, Corey uh, when you save states. I think the concept of the backloggery is really great for like someone who's definitely like in that headspace of like, I bought these games, I gotta play them, right? I, right. I need to keep myself accountable. Here's a list of what I've got. Here's my progress and all that kind of stuff. And I think that that that's that's awesome. I. 
I spend a lot of time on Letterboxd. I don't know if you know what Letterboxd is. Uh, drum, like, drum has it's like the same is, thing for uh, movies. Getting into that, he's I, I have not looked at myself, but he. Uh, Come on, where the heck? He, he had on his phone or computer yeah. or somewhere. He kept a list of like movies that he mm-hmm. wanted us to watch on movie night. Uh, and he recently moved uh, everything over to Letterboxd. So that's kind of like, I, I spent a lot of time on there and I've spent also a lot of time looking for something that's more like that for games um, that like, you know, uses like a, what are they called? Like API directories and like links to a pre-existing directory. That's got like mm. all of this data, this metadata right. kind of already pre-filled in. Um, and the only one I found is this one called like gg.app or something like that. gg.app. And it's okay. It's, it's similar to letterbox, but it's, it's, it's much more like, I think backloggery is like way more, um, uh, nuanced and there's a lot of detail involved in the fact that you you put in your own data and your own entries for like all of your games means that you can really like tailor your right. collection and your I mean, if you put the you, you gotta but you gotta put in that the time you know that's right, right. exactly I mean, you know it's it's funny i, I mean drum has been working on a on a remake of the site for for years and you know hopefully that that might not be too far off i mean he's he's had a lot of uh, pain issues with his hands in the past couple of years has really slowed it down mm-hmm. but because now he's like he's um he's coding by you know voice dictation you know with uh you know whatever software he uses for wow. the computer to recognize it so it's i mean it's it's, it's pretty impressive the, that uh, sounds hard that sounds really yeah i hard. mean it's pretty impressive the 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 workarounds he's he's come up with but uh he's he's still working on it but it's taken a long time mm. and um uh so i mean there's definitely going to be like more robust features uh when that's finally complete but you know the the site was kind of conceived at a time when searching databases was so slow like i remember at the time like ign or whatever had like game lists mm. but it would take so long for you know you would type the name or the game you start typing the name and it takes so long for it to come up and then you have to click it and our logic was when we were you know, kind of designing it we're like it takes less time for you to just type the whole name of the game and enter it then to search like yeah search for the game yeah 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 so we're like well why don't you why don't we just let you enter your own name you can call it what you want like if you think it's stupid that Pokemon is called Pokemon Blue version, <laughs> you just want to call it Pokemon Blue, you can't, you know? Yeah. No, and I, I, I like that about it. Like I like I told, like I said, I spent a lot of time putting my entire physical collection into backloggery. And that was for a while, like what I went to when I would go out like game hunting and stuff like that to see, like, make sure I wasn't picking up doubles. Cause I have a, mm-hmm. I have a problem well, with that. I, you know, <laughs> it, it used to be, I didn't have to check it to make sure I wasn't picking up doubles. Yes. Yeah, same. <laughs> you know, nowadays, sometimes I'm like, do I have this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I may have definitely maybe bought two copies of Ghostbusters, the video game on Wii recently, <laughs> like very recently. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I think I did pick up a double of something not that long or, or you know, sometime in the past year or two. What, what would it have been? I can't, can't think. I, I do think I made a mistake though. But, uh, 
But yeah, but you know, I mean that that whole concept of backlogging, you know, finishing what you have. I mean, you know, my back in 2008, you know, I finished the last game that I had on my backlog that was unfinished, and that was uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Or ghosts and goblins. I, I can never keep them straight, but you know, it was Super Nintendo Ghouls and Ghosts game. And when you say that, you mean like you finished every single game that you own? Yes. I did not own a game that I had not beat. Like, I mean, not one hundred percent complete, obviously. But like, I beat the final but boss. Still, I, <laughs> I mean, it took him a good but, couple of years. But he also got I rid of a lot of games that they were good because he's like oh i didn't like i don't want to play this so i he got rid of it There's right a- like th- there oh, were definitely okay. some games that i maybe didn't give as much of a a chance as, as i should have uh because you know i had bought like a lot of games in the you know in the in the late 90s early 2000s when nes and super nintendo games were just so cheap Mm-hmm. I wish I was buying back then. I was and, I was uh, an idiot. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, there were a lot of things I was like, eh, this is interesting, but not good enough to beat. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I, I kind of had some collection purges, but I, I still like, you know, things that I definitely did want to play through, you know, I, I held on to it. And uh, I, I did not. Now, if you were to look at a picture of my collection back then, like it... It's nothing compared to what it is now. And now I, I think I've got like, oh my gosh, the number of unfinished games I've got. Let me <laughs> let me bring it up. It's, it's, it's not like, good. Yeah, and for a long time, you stayed good. under, like, I can't go over 100. And then somewhere yeah. along the line that went out the the window when just like we were at a convention, it's like, I can't, there's, I need, I, there's stuff I want to buy here. And this is like my chance to do it. Yeah. And it just and then, it, when, and then once, once you pass that threshold, it's like it was done. Once I passed, and I knew it was going to happen. That's why. That's why I held on to that for so long, because like, okay, in two thousand eight, I, I don't think I ever hit zero again. Uh, you know, I think I was, I was like, I tried to keep it under ten for a while, and then eventually, you know, climbed up to twenty. But you know, I was, <laughs> I was trying to keep the backlog small and you know once we started the channel uh you know you start looking at games in a different way because you're like "Ooh, this game does this thing that's interesting and that might be interesting for a video someday so i'm going to get that (laughs) and uh you know so the backlog started climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing and uh you know for so long i was like well i'm i have to keep it under 100 unfinished games and before you know it you're buying macbacks bat 64 because it looks interesting <laughs> <laughs> well i beat it the same i, I 100 completed it the same day i bought do digital games count in your backlog they do they do okay uh but that's a I, in the in the age of like you know, the Switch eShop and Steam and sales and stuff like that. That's a dangerous oh, rabbit hole. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely went through a phase with Steam, but like I I can't tell you the last time I bought a game on Steam. I buy games on Steam and then I don't play them because well, they get so that, cheap. That's part of what the backloggery is all about. Yeah, right? like, well, yeah, but like that's that's the, the problem is like I'll 
cheap I'll on the, Steam. I'll put like the Quake collection on my wish list. It's just yeah. like, yeah, well, I, I mean, want to own every Quake game. And it's like, well, it's $6 right now for literally every game. I'm like, I got to buy it and then I'll never play it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, um, you know, I, I was trying so hard to keep it on 9.9. And, you know, even in the early years of the channel, I, I can't remember for sure when it was that that finally went you know it finally fell down uh but i um you know i i would always like kind of like before a convention that we were going to i was always like looking at my backlog and like okay what what is like five games i can beat you know really quickly so i can raise my quota i mean you know and, and always part of the backloggery concept is to help you save money right i mean that was always and that was one reason I wanted to, to stick by that because it's like, can you just imagine if I didn't have some something trying to restrain me, how much money I'm going to be spending on games? <laughs> you know, how, how, how little self-control I have when it comes to games. It was the only self-control I had <laughs> when I'm faced with all yeah. of these games I want to buy. I can't, uh, I can't, then, I can't imagine keeping up with a backlog. I knew as soon as I hit a hundred, I knew it was all over. I, I knew that there was like no going to be no plan to get me back under. And now I've got over eighteen hundred unfinished games. Eighteen hundred? Eighteen hundred unfinished games. Wow. I, mean, I, I I thought for sure you would not be over a thousand. No, it's it's scary. I'm getting closer to This conversation makes me feel terrible. I have no idea how many games I own that I have yeah. even started. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, uh, my biggest though my biggest uh number of unfinished games is actually ps4 though i mean you know the the age of uh of these you know limited print run indie games uh it, it really made my ps4 backlog go up hugely it's 60 unfinished yeah. games on ps4 uh and 34 on uh, or no, uh, 47 on Switch. Uh, followed by 41 on PS2. And 34 on Super Nintendo. Those are yeah. the biggest backlogs. Uh, but I, all of my DS games are 100% beaten. Not, I mean, not 100%, 100%, but I mean, they're, they're beaten. All my DS games are beaten, and all of the downloaded PS1 classics. Yeah, you, you have 462 unfinished, and you got uh, 1,800 total games. So insane. Uh, Golden Cane in the chat is saying. Oh, you're... <laughs> Thank you, someone, for looking at my own backlog and, and correcting <laughs> my mistake. Yes, I have 18, 1,800 total games. My unfinished games is 462. There you go. I did think that number sounded kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I, I can't even look at, at the own website that I was. I, I was part <laughs> of, of founding and designing. I can't even. I can't even. I can't even look at it correctly. I since like this. I the idea for like the series that I'm doing now is it's been brewing for a couple of years. Like the first episode that I released a like a month and a half ago i had had written for like two years or something it was already <laughs> written and i just never got around to shooting it and like gathering the assets and stuff like that just procrastinating um but uh 
you know, in that time, since kind of like having this idea for the show about movie tie-in games, um, I have just picked up some stuff along the way. Um, and I can't imagine like really keeping up with a backlog with the amount of movie tie-in games that I own mm. that I don't really want to play. Yeah. Like, do you think I really want to play Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for PlayStation 2? Do you think I really want to play it? <laughs> it might make for a good video. funny video one day, but like, no, like that's not, I'm not yeah. like clamoring to get to that. I mean, that uh, was, should that I, was should I pick always, something else? That was always should I move, should I play, big... does the chat want to see me play something else? Should I play another movie game? Yeah, play something else. All right. Uh, we, it doesn't even have to be a movie game. You can play another Halloween. It'll game. be a movie game. I'll see what I got here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was always like a guiding principle too with what I bought, though. Like it was like I don't want to buy a game just for collection purposes. Like I want to buy something that I when I buy something, I want to be like, I think this is going to be something I'm going to like well enough to play all the way through to the end. You know, so mm -hmm. I was never buying something just to have it. Uh, and, I, and I still am, but, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm still using that as my, my guiding principle. I'm not buying something that I think is just going to be completely uninteresting to me. Uh, but so, someone in the, someone in the I, chat, good vibe collecting is saying Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is maybe probably a MJ major hidden gem uh, metal Jesus rocks. Oh, <laughs> okay. You never know. All right. Well, I mean, maybe I'll give it a spin. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's the thing game from PS2, which I I'm hearing a lot of people lately, like kind of start to talk that one up. I just did a video on it. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think it's really good. I like it a lot. I think it deserves a remaster. Hopefully, I think someone yeah. like Night Night Dive would be good to kind of do that. I know that they're digging into the um, the Blade Runner remake right now. Mm. It's supposed to come out for consoles and and PC later on. I'm seeing a lot of people mention Splatterhouse Wampaku Graffiti, and I agree that Corey should play Splatterhouse Wampaku Graffiti. That's a perfect Halloween game. What a which one is that specifically that's the japan only splatterhouse game that's got like a really cute jason-esque it's got like a little hockey mask on and a little uh like a vegetable knife <laughs> a cleaver i don't know if i've seen that one before it's really cute it's good i mean i don't know if it's it's not great but it's good oh okay we're doing this I don't know that I... Which one, is, which one is this? Is this Genesis? Yeah. Yeah, this is the one where Bill Murray's got a really big head. <laughs> All of Everyone them have really big, has a really big head. Everyone has a really big head. <laughs> uh, so I, I finished this before. I did a video on this very early on, on in the channel. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty early. Um. I've been trying to uh, watch Ghostbusters with my kids. They might oh be goodness. they might be too young, but I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like I was definitely. I mean, when it came oh, out, it man. came out in eighty five, eighty four, eighty five, eighty four. So I mean, I saw I saw this movie at the drive-in, so I would have been six when I saw it. So I feel like that's. I mean, I, I was watching these movies very, yeah. very, very young. 
Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I was born in '84, but uh, you know, Ghostbusters, like the TV show, was like that, and the action figure that was like my first action figure obsession, like before Ninja Turtles. Actually, my first action figure obsession was, was Dino Riders, but then pretty much at the same time, Ghostbusters. So, you know, I believe it or not, it wasn't until I was in high school that I even knew that the cartoon show was based on the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like I, I saw, I, rem, I saw the movie when I was probably probably maybe six six or seven years old I would say I saw the movie but like it didn't leave a huge impression uh I think I saw this I think I saw the second one in the theater uh but I can't remember um but like I like it I thought the TV show I thought they were based on the TV show and like I, I had no clue, and then uh, when I was in high school, like I, like I, and I, I, in my head, like you know, when I got out of the action figures and the TV show and stuff, you know, in my head, you know, Ghostbusters was a kids thing, and I just, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember exactly how it was I came by this information that wait. The movie came first, and then like I rewatched it, you know, with with the eyes of an older teenager instead of a kid, and I'm just like, "Holy crap! I cannot believe how good this is." <laughs> I just want to say really quick, I mean, uh, Game and Clyde, I have not been able to make it to a po to the post office. I'm going tomorrow. I just I was not able to get to the post office, unfortunately, on Friday. The fun thing about um, uh, one of the fun things about the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon show, is that the title is like totally a dig at uh, Universal for them ha actually yeah, having yeah. the initial rights oh, yeah. to the Ghostbusters because of that 70s show yeah. with the gorilla or whatever. Yeah. So when they finally got around to making their own kids show, they were just like, we're the real Ghostbusters. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't get confused with that, that gorilla. <laughs> yep. Um, but I've been trying to get my kids to watch this, because I think that they'd be into it. Um, my, my daughter, like, has no interest. She's, like, nervous to watch it, I think. She's afraid it's going to be scary. But I'll tell you, uh, so we, my, my son's been asking to watch, uh, what is it? Um, he, he keeps on seeing Goosebumps on... On Netflix, it's like the Jack Black movie that came out. Yeah, but instead, I put on the uh, the show, which I didn't really watch uh, at the time when it was on, and mm -hmm. I put it on, and like for a kid, like it's like there's some scary stuff in there, and yeah, it's it, and the it was, scariest. The scariest thing is just how Canadian it is. It's extremely <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> well, I'll tell you though. I mean, he is. It was really interesting watching him watch it. We started from the first one, which is about this girl who puts on this mask and she can't take it off. It's like a like a demon mask. I think that uh, that pushing up roses did a video on it. 
the haunted mask i think they, there were two of those books i think they may have done two episodes of that too like each of the books but it was so interesting uh watching him be scared because he was like like scared but like was like loving watching it mm-hmm. uh i was just like kind of watching him and i'd never seen him kind of react to this where he's just like like shaking and just like kind of hiding his face a little bit but like wanted to keep on watching it he was like, totally into it well i mean that's that's what horror is right yeah i don't know going back to poltergeist man i feel like poltergeist is kind of like the perfect you know horror movie to show people of almost any age like it's scary Ooh. but like it's not it's not like gratuitous or anything like it feels like a spielberg movie you know people yeah, will, well i mean a lot of people yeah. say that spielberg like actually directed it not toby right yeah yeah, I mean it's 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 a very good like introduction. To yeah, I think it works. Yeah, it works. It works on a lot of levels and for a lot of age ranges. I think. Um, but you know that old Ghostbuster show, uh, "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Also, something that's terrifyingly Canadian, but something that I loved <laughs> a lot as a kid. <laughs> Nothing against Canadians. I, I I have a lot of friends that are Canadians. <laughs> um. There was a uh, 499 from Retro Dream. Thank you. Uh, saying, uh, I just found my PS1 Road Rash memory card. Decision maker to get PS1 digital. Best PS1 movie game? <sighs> I don't have to look. Best. Uh, I saw somebody mention Alien Trilogy, but I can't say that I've ever ever played it. I just remember, uh, you know, as a first-person shooter, and they were probably trying to... PS1 keep that that going from the uh aliens versus predator on the jaguar which is first person as well uh, uh die hard trilogy is that how is that well regarded the ps1 version of that uh i mean no, it's, no. it's well regarded enough to get a, it's a greatest hits now yeah. they made a sequel do to I, it do i have I like it. any ps1 movie games let me let me look at the old back line. let's see I mean, there are definitely a couple PS1 movie games that I would like to cover, but they are very expensive, like uh, City of Lost Children. Oh, yeah. Man, that thing is. And granted, like I could play it on an emulator. Like I'm not I'm not worried about getting footage, but, but like I would like to own it to actually get shots of the case and the manual and stuff like that. That's but. the uh, that's the eternal struggle. You know, what's a, what's a movie game on PS1 that I've. That. Like I'm probably gonna end up buying someday, uh, just just because I think of the the uh, the significant its significance at the time uh, was you know it was it was such a crushing disappointment uh, for Nintendo fans at the time that Rare was not going to be making a game based on the next Bond movie. Uh, and you know, so when Tomorrow Never Dies uh, was a PlayStation game, I mean, it was like I don't, you know, I I don't think it was necessarily considered to be you know anything all that great. Uh, certainly not, you know, not the landmark game that Goldeneye was. But um, uh, you know, I I still want to play it just because. Even though 
I don't think there's anything special about it in and of itself. I, I do think its place uh, in history is interesting. What about Nightfire? Do you remember? Did you play Nightfire? Uh, the, the 007 game for like PS2 game. Was that like PS2 GameCube? Game and... Yeah. yeah. I, That's the one I that like, used to hack I the Xbox with. What was that, Corey? You can use it to hack the Xbox with, I think. No, that's uh, 007 Agent Under Fire. Oh. Sorry. This, they, this name sounds so familiar, or so, so yeah, similar. Yeah, there's like, there's like I don't know why. There's like several Bond games of that generation. Uh, I mean, EA published all Bond stuff, starting, I think, with Tomorrow Never Dies. Ooh, um, that illustration of, of Bill Murray was rough. Yeah. <laughs> It's not not great. Uh, I, I like it. I, you know, I, I kind of uh, not not the not the sprite. I mean, like the the one where he says, "I've got it." Did you see yeah. that? Like oh his, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had like a a six head. <laughs> um, I, I kind of want to um go back and try like the PS2 or Xbox versions of the Bond games from that generation because I I beat night uh, Agent Under Fire, um, and I. I don't remember how much of Nightfire I played. I, I don't. I remember liking that the least, actually. Uh, but I, I don't think I played all that far into it. And then there was um, Everything or Nothing, which seemed really good. And I don't. I, I have no idea why I never finished it. But I, I want. You know, I, I I was playing those on GameCube, and I kind of had a revelation a few years ago when I. Um, uh, revisited Time Splitters 2 <laughs> for that Perfect Dark video I did. Uh, and, you know, I played on GameCube back in the day. Uh, and I, I, I had this revelation playing the PS2 version that that round gate on the right stick makes such a huge difference in how that game plays. And it it just felt like this magical blend of modern and golden eye style shooter controls and i absolutely loved it like i liked the game well enough when i played it on gamecube but it, it didn't make a huge impact and playing it all these years later you know especially considering we no one makes games like that anymore and then playing it with a controller that it really played better with uh, like was just this huge revelation. I kind of wonder if I would have the same reaction to those, some of those EA Bond games. I wonder if I would like them more with like a PS2 controller. So did you ever get into, like, cause I know at the time, I didn't know anybody played say Goldeneye with the box, what I guess they called it boxer controls at the time or something like that, where like- Oh, where you used two GameCube controllers? Oh, maybe it wasn't that. No, I'm talking about the one that actually feels like more modern controls where the stick uh, has like sidestepping on it. And then you actually use the C buttons for turning with for pivoting and stuff like that, which ultimately ended up feeling more like, you know, basically all first person games now feel more or less. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know anybody that played games like that then. And I know that there was a, a, a mode to play Turok that way, both Tur uh, either were the Turok one and two, um, and Goldeneye, and 
I didn't play them that way. No one I knew played them that way. And now we all play games that way. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever gone back and like tried to change the controls to that and use. Well, the I mean, my, my muscle memory in Goldeneye and Perfect Dark is like so ingrained in those default controls. Yeah. Uh, and I, even though, yeah, you know, I, I play, um, I, you know, I play modern shooter games with the new default controls, but I, I can't, I can't change how I play GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. And really, I mean, GoldenEye, like I, you know, I'd played a little Wolfenstein 3D and, you know, I, I watched friends play some first person shooters, but like it, it never really seemed like a genre that I would be all that interested in until uh, I played GoldenEye. And, um, uh, I, uh, that kind of influenced what I was looking for in first person shooters for a really long time. Uh, and, and that style of controls, that was what I wanted. Uh, you know, so continue to play Perfect Dark that way. And then when Time Splitters 2 came out. Time Splitters, Future Perfect, you know, I, I continued to play those games that way. And, you know, where where strafing was on the C stick. Right. But it kind uh, of but it kind of ends there with those rare games, right? I guess. I, I you know, I can't remember if there might have been some games with controls more well, uh Metroid Prime, you know, you Yeah. You yeah, turn, I, yeah. you turn with the left stick. And even though you don't strafe with the C stick, like you, you know, you, I think you hold like L to strafe. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but even that, like Metro, the, the Prime games, especially the first Prime, feels like really like mechanically indebted to to GoldenEye and the and the rare, you know, shooter games because yeah. And then they were even talking about that back then, like the devs back then when they were you know talking about that game, like talking about how you know this is kind of born out of their love of this of of GoldenEye and Perfect Dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, that so strongly influenced for so long what I was looking for in a shooter. And uh, I, I was just not, I, I had not really considered myself like a, you know, 3D shooter fan in general all that much. And I, I think the game that kind of opened it up I mean, even still, like, first-person shooters is not, like, one of my go-to genres, but I, I do enjoy them. Um, uh, but it it was um, it was probably Half-Life 2. You know, like, the first time that I had a, a PC that could play a PC game worth a darn. Um, you know, I, I got Steam and you know, some bundle that had Half-Life 2, and that, why... The whole time I could have just done that. I was like, oh my gosh, this game is amazing. Uh, and, you know, I, I've... I've never felt that playing PC games is very comfortable. I agree. Uh, you know, a mouse, don't get me wrong, a mouse is, is an amazing implement of precision, but I take comfort over precision. Uh... And, but at the same time, that game, I think, was, was kind of a, a gateway for me to understanding what modern shooter controls were about. Mm -hmm. So then when I took that experience with Half-Life 2 and played, uh, you know, console shooters with the sticks, I understood 
you know, strafing being on the left stick, right? Earning being on the right stick, you know, because right. that it made sense uh, when you think of it in terms of mouse controls, and that was part of what helped me kind of get over, you know, preferring inverted camera controls as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, and that's you know, and I, I, I'm I'm with you where like I when I go back to games like like GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, like I, you know turning on the stick and forward and, and on the same stick that is that is like my muscle memory knows the game is that mm-hmm. but for example i just did this the video on the thing and i had never played the game before and i load the game up and you know it's got that you know pivoting on the left stick forward and back on the same stick as that uh and I immediately jumped into controls and I was like, I got to see if I can figure this thing out. And sure enough, the last like optional control setting was one where there was strafing on the stick with forward and back motion. And the other one was like a free camera control. And it immediately changed, you know, the intuitiveness of the game for me, because mm-hmm. it, despite the fact that it's a game that came out in like 2002 or something like that, um, it it automatically felt like a more modern game because of just like that optional control scheme that is not the default, you know, that was not the default then. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a, I had a similar experience with, uh, uh, Mega Man Legends two, which, uh, when I played it, I was shocked how modern the aiming controls felt, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, I, something I, I would like to, play through someday we, we've even talked about playing it on stream I, I should just do it sometime is the the uh, hd version of perfect dark uh you know they oh yeah yeah you know, like 360 and you know yeah and later in rare it's a good version i played through it when it was released on arcade uh, and i you know i i bet you know just holding that xbox controller in my hands i will naturally want to use it like I'm used to using I'm used to using an Xbox controller. Absolutely, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to play it like I would on N64, most likely. Uh, well, it's like you know, it's like uh, you know, I bought all the Doom games on Switch, and I, I load those up, and I'm holding the Pro controller in my hand, and I see Doom, but my hands feel modern controls. And sure enough, you can control it more like a modern game, and it's just it's a very weird experience. But like, mm-hmm. it's, you know. It still works. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I hold an N64 controller and my mind just has no problem doing C button strafing. Mm. Uh, missed a couple of donations. There was a 499 from Scott Davis again. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, saying, uh, what's your favorite horror film curated by Mystery Science Theater 3000? And what, if you are a fan, What's your favorite from Red Letter Media's Best of the Worst? And unfortunately, I don't have an answer for either of those. I mean, I, I love the concept of Mystery Science Theater, but uh, I have, uh, you know, I remember watching it in passing on TV. Yeah, very uh, here and there, but I never knew what movie they were watching. Uh, uh, and I've never really, like, gone back to it. So I don't. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure. I'm sure the fellows with me here on the stream have an answer for that, though. Uh, not I me. A, I, I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any, Corey? I don't. I mean, it's very similar to me. Like, I just not did not. I I've seen a couple of episodes here and there, but it's always a movie that I could never tell you the name of it. 
I think that yeah. the for MST3K, the Jodon Baker uh, movies are classics to me. I, Mitchell and uh, Final Justice, stone cold classics. Um, I, I'm going to pull one from the new series. I know that not a lot of people really love the new series, but one of my favorite discoveries out of the, the new Netflix um, reboot uh, was Cry Wilderness. I thought that, <laughs> that was a hilarious episode, and that movie is weird. Um, I'm a huge fan of Red Letter Media. I think those guys are doing really, really good work over there. Um, my favorite discoveries from them is pr- probably some of the action stuff that they dig into. I thought I think Miami Connection is is really hilarious. Um, uh, the John DeHart movie, what is that? Road to Revenge, Get Even, Get Even. <laughs> I think those are those are really good. Uh, some of my favorite Red Letter Media episodes. Um, Probably my favorite one is the Halloween episode where they got way, way, way too drunk, like way too early in the show <laughs> and then had like to reset and like do uh, do the episode like at a, at a different time. And they came back all hungover. That was fun. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're doing really good stuff. I think that's some of the best uh, film criticism, honestly, like on YouTube, some of the smartest film criticism on YouTube. Right? I haven't really watched too uh, much of their stuff. I watch it here and there, but I mean... I very rarely watch any, like, movie review stuff. Like, I think the only one I really watch a lot, I guess. I watch every time, like, a new video goes up. Almost every time, I guess. Unless I'm just saying that to cover my ass. If there's, uh, I mean, if there's anything <laughs> as, as released recently that I have, have not, is uh, is Cosmonaut Variety Hour. Oh, I don't know that. I, I'll have to check that out. And it, I, I talk about it in, like, one of the the uh uh logs that i've or the like columns that i've done for uh like patreon and stuff where i talk about he, he just like the way he talks like reminds me a lot of somebody that i knew like in my college years <laughs> i'm gonna find something else I'll be right back uh and then there was uh five canadian dollars from vibe mecca thank you saying are you uh, in as much awe of Voltar's soldering skills as I am, his soldering videos are so entertaining. I mean, I, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you what <laughs> uh, the dude. What, the dude what, is a wizard. Like I don't. I, I can tell you what it what it what it begins to even take because I'm I'm too scared to jump in on on uh, on soldering because I just I I feel like I would be no good at it. And not only that, like. I am not that interested in the process of modding, to be completely honest. You know, I think when Corey started getting into modding, it was kind of an eye opener for him. Uh, you know, I mean, he hasn't done like heavy modding, but he's, you know, done, he, he has gotten comfortable enough with soldering to replace batteries. And that is one thing that I would like to feel comfortable doing myself. Yeah, it's not uh, that Just bad. because that's a very, that's a very practical thing. Uh, and something that, many games of mine need done and you know getting you know Corey did a, a small handful of my games uh last year but you know I've, I've got many many more uh, and i've got a whole bunch of batteries ready to ready to go in but uh just haven't um i need a better iron like honestly like i have a i have an iron from lowe's or something like that and it, it just oh, yeah. I, I need to be able to dial in the heat a little bit more and get some better. Yeah, I bought 
I, I bought, I did the same thing. I bought like a red soldering iron from Lowe's. Never would they intend to probably got the same one I've got. <laughs> you know, I, I have to always disclaim, give a disclaimer on this because people like lose it, lose it if they think you bought a bad soldering iron mm. or one that doesn't control heat. And I, 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 I say Not this. Not a movie game, but Halloween y. The only reason I bought this soldering iron was because I needed to um, uh, I needed to uh, do the mod or not the mod, but the fix for the vertical lines on a DMG Game Boy. Yeah. Yeah. You just put it uh, over the ribbon or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I just need to do this. I, I'm not ready to invest in anything. It would be like more serious modding. Like, I just need to do this. I don't need a complicated or expensive tool. I just want to buy an inexpensive tool to do this one thing right now so I can show it in a video. And and also, so this Game Boy won't have lines in it because mm-hmm. I'm going to need it for this video and I need it to not have lines in it. Uh, so, you know, that was the only reason I did that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to do anything serious with that iron at all. Uh, yeah, but, no. I I think okay. I, I took out my the the clock capacitor in my Xbox with it. I replaced a couple of batteries and uh, I replaced a a speaker in a Game Boy Color, mm-hmm. and all those were fine. But that's all I've done with it. Yeah, but you know, like really doing that that IPS Game Boy screen video, like really kind of reinforced this thought that I had had for a while, which was. Like I'd, I'd rather use the mods. I'd rather, uh, you know, analyze the results, share that information on YouTube, talk about it with people. But like the actual process of doing it, like I just that in and of itself is just not that interesting to me, or 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 fun and you know doing those game boy mods as simple and basic as those were just kind of really reinforced that for me like and, and i'm okay with that and some people might might be like oh no you, you give it some time you'll like it and it's like but i mean you say that but like i think that's okay like i think it's i think yeah. i think i think no, it, i agree like i think it's, I think it's, it's a val- okay it's a value proposition it. for me that like if i can do it myself i don't necessarily want to pay someone else to do it now yeah yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's, I think it is healthy to admit that this thing that on the surface seems like something that I should know how to do. And, you know, I always feel a little guilty that like, I should know more about how to do this. But you know what? It's just like, wait, no, I don't. I won't I touch really the want to do that. I just want, I want, I want to enjoy the mod and play the games and, right. and Right. Show them. I mean, I'm sure. YouTube. I'm sure that if you did like a complicated mod successfully, you would have some sense of satisfaction about it. But like, I won't touch the inside of a CRT. I won't. Like, oh. I just. Oh, yeah. I'm too. I am too scared of it. Like, I've been scared off by too many people. You know. And now you've got like a whole new crop of people that are just like the people that scared you away from the flyback have overspoken its dangers. And I'm like, okay, well now we're going back the other way. And I don't. I don't trust anybody. I'm just not. <laughs> yeah. Gonna touch it. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would never get inside of a CRT. I'll, uh, Steve from uh, RetroTech has a video coming out. It should be out any day, like or probably like in the next day or two. 
of the screen replacement he did on my uh, 14L5. I've got a couple of monitors I got to get to him. I haven't been to Nashville and my parents are in Nashville and I haven't been there since Christmas. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I I I'm 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 trying to figure out a way to to get over the I, were you watching the stream uh when I was playing Ratchet Deadlocked and my mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, I that, that's an issue that's been happening, but for months now but it's like it's getting worse i don't i have an ongoing issue with a couple of monitors and the weird thing is is that the only ones it happens to are the panasonic bth series monitors but um i'm getting arcing inside two of them i've got a i've got a 14 inch and a 19 inch and both of them hooked up to the same setup that i've got back here and the thing that's got me worried is that i have a, a a distribution amplifier and I'm worried that there's power getting into the line um, somehow and uh, causing arcing in the tube on both of them. But I've got a, a I think it's a 14L5 behind me right there. Um, and it, it doesn't have that issue. And it's well, hooked now, up to the And now how do you know that's, ha- how do you know that that's happening? I don't know that it's in the tube, but I can hear the arcing oh, and okay. I can see flickering on the screen. And okay. one of them I've got in a shop down here that's been with the same guy for over a year at this point, and he hasn't. I, I need to call him and just get the monitor back. I don't think he knows what he's doing with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's not, that, that sounds like an unhealthy problem for sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you know, you're even closer to Steve than I am. I mean, it would it would take me a good six plus hours probably to get to him. But like, you know, I I, I really want to find a way to get this to him. Especially since he's going to be moving here pretty soon too. Probably even further away then. No, he'll be he'll be closer to me and probably further from you. Farther from me for sure. Oh, farther need, from I, you, but yeah. He'll, I need I need to get my stuff up to him soon. Yeah, I don't I don't know when he's moving. I mean, I know he's he, been kind of playing it for a while. Yeah, I mean, he said something. He was acting like it was going to be January. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, Corey, have you ever that soon? Then maybe maybe we could work something out where he, I don't know if he might be passing by my way, but I think he would. I think he would be a good bit closer to me after he moves. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I don't. Try, I don't want try, to like wait try a year. year. You're in North Carolina, right? Yeah. But North was... North Carolina and Tennessee are, are as as you know, long states. <laughs> very long i drove from chattanooga into i don't know if you know where farrington is farrington village it's about 45 minutes oh uh, what is it west of raleigh and uh oh, okay. yeah like <laughs> it's a very long state <laughs> yeah, I mean, i'm i'm in the i'm in the middle of uh of uh North Carolina, and you know, some friends of mine used to live out in New Bern, um, mm. the, the birthplace of Pepsi. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, it, it took me four hours to get there, and, and the thing is, there's not like you know a straight east road to get there. You know, it's kind of zigzag. Yeah, Tennessee's the same way. We've got highways that go in like an X, so if you're like on one side and need to get to the other, you've got to go this way <laughs> yeah i mean i want to say like some places and uh, you know i i remember looking on google maps a while back 
you know, like some locations in like South, maybe, well, like South, probably around where you are, like South, South Eastern Tennessee, right? Yeah, we're on the Georgia um, border. I'm like, about, probably so, five miles from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, like from the Charlotte area, like, I mean, some of those routes are showing you going through Atlanta mm-hmm. because like everything else is like, it's still just, it's just like such, there's just no really direct routes. I, ignore any route that takes you through Atlanta. Yeah. Ever. I, <laughs> ever. Yeah, I, <laughs> it is the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. But uh yeah, I mean the most the most I've really been in Tennessee in recent years is you know going to Corey's house. Um, you know, you go through Western North Carolina and then you're in Tennessee for a, a little bit, and you, know, you pass the that that gold ball near what is it Knoxville? The gold oh ball. yeah, I know you're talking uh, about then. Is it in Knoxville? I don't know. No, I, I, don't, I haven't, no, I haven't in, spent a lot of time in Knoxville. It was like the world. It was like from the World's Fair some long time ago. I don't know. Uh, I don't know yeah, it was always like the big landmark, you know, back when I lived in Tennessee as a kid because my my grandma lives uh, near Asheville, North Carolina, and you know, the gold ball. Is, is that in Johnson City? I don't know. That it may be in Knoxville. I haven't spent a lot of time in. I don't really yeah, know that some, some people in the chat are saying, yeah, that's Knoxville. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you know, that was always a big landmark. I remember as a kid when we went from my house in Columbia to my grandma's house, we always, always passed that gold ball. And it was very nostalgic seeing it again when I, when I, uh, you know, started driving up to Corey's house. Uh, so you see that old gold ball. Gaming-wise, there's not a – I mean, maybe I'm just not plugged in, but I just don't feel like there's a whole lot going on in, in Tennessee. We've got, like, one little retro store around here. We've got a flea market where a guy, like, runs a retro resale-type situation. And you know. hey, But you've got, you've, got, you've got one of the, the, the best CRT repair techs. So. That's true. we got Steve. That's we true. Got Steve. <laughs> we got we Steve, got for, Steve for now. We got Steve for now. No, After no. he's gone, who knows what? We- uh, but um, uh, I mean, you know, it's it, it still kind of surprises me, like how decent Charlotte is for retro gaming. Game You've hunting. said that before. I need to make a trip out there and just kind of see what what's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be fun. We, we, we can hang out. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a pretty good number of stores in this area. Uh, and you know, the, the same sadly cannot be said of, of Raleigh, uh, you know, despite there being plenty of video game business happening out there. I've only, I, when we were in Farrington, I went to Raleigh because I wanted to go to Alamo. So we went to Alamo draft house. It was my first. It was my first Alamo experience, and it was wonderful. And and then COVID, and it might be my last Alamo experience <laughs> <laughs> ever. Yeah, the uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got Epic Games, you've got Limited Run, mm-hmm. you know, all, all kinds of video game business happening there. But uh, everyone around there tells me. I was talking, you know, when I when I did Jeremy Parrish's interview for. Uh, analog frontiers he's like i I always keep moving to like video game dead zones (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, you know, and the funny thing is like, I, I didn't even know for a long time that like shopping for retro games was like still a thing, like an experience that I could have, uh, until, you know, I, I went to MAGFest for the first time. It was my first convention and, uh, you know, that it just brought me back to those days of Funko land, just thumbing through those NES cartridges, you know, when they were so cheap and in just all these games and, and, you know, really MAGFest is a bad convention for, for actually money. buying stuff. Yeah. It's like the worst. I mean, there's like three good game vendors tops there. Yeah. And I think even uh, less now, I mean, it's, we, uh, how long has it been since we've been? It's been a while since we've been, but you know, they, um, uh, uh, you know, but at that time, that was an experience that I had not had in, in so many years. And it was just invigorating <laughs> doing, you know, uh, in-person classic game hunting. And, uh, you know, at that time, I was just buying a couple of, you know, I'd buy a couple of old games on eBay a year. But, you know, looking for them in person was a totally different experience. And, you know, I started discovering shortly after that, that like, oh, there's there's actually a number of stores around here. And uh, yeah, so I got I just got lucky with that. And, you know, now it's always, you know, whenever I I'm traveling somewhere, I'm always like looking up like, oh, are there any, any retro stores around here? But yeah, I, <laughs> I love going to retro retro shops. I'm, I miss I miss hunting like I used to go out weekly to thrift stores around this area and like hit a 20 mile radius of like yeah, thrift stores and flea forever. markets and yeah I just, I just don't feel comfortable doing that anymore especially like down here like in I don't know like the farther south you get I, honestly like the less people kind of take the current public health crisis very seriously so I just don't go out very much um yeah. so I mean, uh, I, I've been to, you know, the, the biggest shop, uh, video game world twice during the pandemic. I mean, luckily, uh, I believe everyone was wearing masks there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, mostly I went because I had, you know, uh, you know, relevant business, uh, that, you know, I, I needed b-roll for the show and the manager there has, has helped me out with a number of soldering things you know so i, I got you know help from him from my game boy speaker for um the game boy episode and i i went there and got I some b-roll uh uh mostly of the the disc resurfacer for analog frontiers i need that b-roll um you know so which did you get one did you end up getting a disc resurfacer no no no, no. i used I, I i got b-roll i went to video game world to get oh i see, I see. of their disc resurfacer what, it, what was it was it a was it like a j pro or something like that uh i forget what they're called the, the big popular one that people use it like resale shops and stuff is i think it's called like j pro or something uh, that's not ringing a bell but it is a really good one but it's i mean it's it's kind of older, and what's kind of funny is that the the fluid that is Corey changing games again. I wanted to I wanted to suggest something that's that maybe he hadn't played yet. Oh. Have you try? Have you played uh, 
Night Slashers. It's a Data East arcade game. They had it on sale a few months ago uh, on the Switch shop. Okay. And it's got like all kinds of monsters and stuff in it. It's very Halloween-y. I really, it's a beat em up. I really, mm. really like, I really like Night Slashers. It's super cheesy. Um, but no, I don't remember what, what brand or model it was, but the, the funny thing is that the fluid, you like have to buy it from the company and like, it's got like DRM. Like you, oh. like, I, I, I don't remember exactly how it works, but like, the like it's only got like so like when you put it into your machine like it's only got so many uses like your your machine will not run a cycle without like a a newly registered bottle of fluid and how many squirts it's supposed to to give you Mm. um so it's kind of ridiculous but it it does a great job uh it's a the unit is a mess though but uh it works yeah the fluid and stuff like even the j pro or whatever whatever that thing is called like it it looks like it's like paste it's like a weird like gritty paste or something like that well it leaves like this this pasty looking residue in the unit but it it didn't look i want to say it looked relatively clear when he showed it to me Hmm. Um, oh yeah they can they can do they can do really good work but like again it's like you're taking layers off the disc so you can really only do it so many times before right right down to data right yeah so but yeah i mean so you know i i went those two times and then one of those times i you know i went to a couple of the other game stores just just one time but yeah i'm 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 missing those regular those regular rounds of the game stores you know yeah, I, I used to usually like treat myself to it when I, uh, you know, I would finish a video or something, you know, mm. and do, do the game store rounds and not so much this year. So. It was my, it was my retail therapy. Like it kept mm-hmm. me centered and just like buying too much stuff on Amazon <laughs> to make up for it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just popped in my, uh, my Neo SD pro, which is what I purchased in lieu of getting a uh, next next generation console. I decided to get this <laughs> instead, and uh, mainly I, I mainly I so I could finally play. I can finally play Cyberlip. <laughs> is that the sequel to Chewlip? Uh, it is. It's not. It's it's the prequel. Oh, the, right. It would come before, of course. Yeah, the, the sequel to Cyberlip is Chewlip. Try. Are you familiar with the Cyberlip? game where you kiss people? <laughs> I, I I am. I don't you're gonna think see I this am. and you'll be like, oh, this looks like I could probably get into it. I think. This is Cyberlip. Uh, well, I'll be watching, but in the meantime, uh Scott Davis donated uh four uh four nine nine a bit ago. Said uh last question tonight. The analog duo, did you already oh. discuss any hot takes? I'm actually surprised we haven't already discussed. I've seen some discuss about discussion about it, but we didn't we didn't talk about it. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, it's uh, it's. I th- I think the most surprising thing about it is that it has a like a mechanical CD drive. Yeah, well, I mean that definitely opens up a lot. Of po- I mean that was that, I mean that's Analog's next logical step, really, is to start doing. Yeah, this but I mean, like, stuff. but it's it's awesome that it has it. I mean that that really opens up some crazy possibilities, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I mean, and, and so such a significant portion of the PC Engine library is on disk. So I mean, you really, really have to do it. 
Um, but I mean, that it is, it is. That, I, I mean, in some ways, I'm surprised to see them go PC Engine, even though it was like the next logical stop uh, for them. The, the reason it surprises me a little bit is I feel like for for them for it to really be a good investment for them, I feel like they need to uh, market heavily to the Japanese market, and I. I, I have no idea, but I kind of assume um, that, you know, analog stuff has probably not really taken off in Japan. I don't even know if they really try to right. get the Japanese market or not. But like, I just, I kind of suspect it's, it would be an uphill climb for them. Uh, but like, if they got, you know, some, you know, if, if they made some deals to get it like distributed and like, you know, local video game stores, like you know those stores we went to in Akihabara, you know, I I think uh, I saw I saw a beep uh, retweet it. Huh? I saw a beep uh, in the beep beep store. Oh really? Retweeted it. Yeah. I, mean, I could see beep like being a a regional distributor. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the thing is, like, it was it was discovered today that, that Kevtris is not designing the core. I don't know if he's like has anything to do with the hardware. But the thing is, is I'm sure that it's being checked up and being like he is assisting in some. Yeah, I mean, with it. Show, uh, show in our uh, in our our Discord was saying that you know he is uh, you know insane. At, designing test software so he's he's probably you know providing a lot of tools for really making sure things are right he's i'm sure he's you know i, I assume he owns the code to like his scaler and stuff like that and i'm sure he's licensing that for this uh, i'm sure they're going to have parity with like features of their other totally system yes. uh, you know i mean here's the thing you know keptris is is absolutely incredible and i think uh you know you know possibly the biggest in inspiration i think for a lot of these uh you know uh coders and people doing reverse engineering uh but you know certainly there's plenty of people that are extremely talented at it and you know we know that from from mister uh so uh i i i think you know, I don't think we have any reason to worry that, uh, you know, we don't know who is doing it, but I, I don't, I don't think we really have any reason to worry. The biggest thing I want to know is, um, you know, <laughs> are, are, are they going to use MD Fourier for the sound? Because yeah. Next Genesis PC engine has possibly the most commonly poorly emulated sound. Right. Um, and the other thing that I just learned, I, I, I had totally missed this uh, new bit of news, but I guess uh, Artemio, uh, uh, Raisha, and a bunch of other people, Smoke Monster, uh, had been uh, working with, with a number of people to sort of get to the bottom of this issue that I, I don't know if it's accurate to say was newly discovered, but kind of, I guess, newly rediscovered and uh brought attention to um the pc engine actually has a different yuv palette or you know composite the, the palette that's used with composite video output uh compared to rgb and basically 
certain colors are kind of like duplicated in the RGB palette. Uh, and if you run a, a game out composite video, some, some, in some situations, there's actually missing colors, yeah. missing detail because of missing colors uh, in, in, in a lot of games. Uh, and no one really was doing anything about this, or a lot of people did, probably didn't know about it. So like RGB mods, emulation, these things in some cases are missing like a small number of colors. Um, and, uh, you know, Artemio and some other people worked to develop an, uh, an accurate conversion of the YUV palette uh, so that the colors are, you know, can be restored in, uh, you know, RGB or emulation scenarios. Uh, although it would probably require a, a radical redesign of any RGB mods, but uh, it, it is a feature that's implemented in Mr. Uh, it sounds like it's been implemented in Mednafin. I don't know about any other emulators. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would certainly like to hope that such a feature could be implemented in uh, in the PC engine. Yeah. Um, or in the, in the analog duo, I mean. Right. So uh, that, that'll be very interesting uh, because in that sense, uh, you know, if, if it does support that YUV palette, uh, it it would in some ways be more visually accurate than an RGB mod. Well, it'd be interesting if if, if the people that are are doing this are, are are paying attention to what's going on with it. Right, right. I mean, you know, I was I was thinking, you know, it might might not hurt to send Chris Tabor an an email sometime just to say, you know, like. I think there's some good stuff. Going Here's on. some things that the community, that the PC Engine community is, is talking about, you know, right now. It's YUV palette, MD4EA. Like these are things that people will be, you know, scrutinizing. So right. you might want to make sure that, you know, whoever is your team putting together this core, you know, it it couldn't hurt to reach out. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope, uh, that this kind of future can be implemented, but basically that's, that's the absolute most exciting system they could be doing for me for right now. Because, you know, as, as you know, I, uh, you know, moved, you know, separated my setups last year to where my, anything I can do HDMI is downstairs. Anything I do analog is upstairs and I have my OSSC upstairs where I capture, but I play on the PVMs. Um, so, but downstairs, you know, I don't just have modern consoles. I've got HDMI modded classic consoles or um, FPGA consoles. So I've got down here, I've got uh, NES with RGB mod, N64 RGB, or I mean, uh, NES with HDMI, high def NES mod, N64 with ultra HDMI, a GBA consoleizer, GameCube with a Carby, and I've got a Super NT and a Mega SG down here. And, uh, you know, soon I'll have my hands on uh, DC Digital and PS1 Digital, so I'll be able to play those games down here as well. But PC Engine was a big lack 
so uh, that is hugely, hugely exciting to me to be able to play PC Engine games downstairs. Yep. <laughs> what 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 game is this? I'm not familiar with this. Uh, this is Cross Swords. It, it it looks like uh it, it looks like fantasy dynamite duke uh yeah yeah that's a good way to put it <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those games that it really to me it really feels like an arcade game you know it is an arcade game obviously but it just like it feels like something i could would imagine seeing in the arcade at the time. I like that wire. I like the wireframe guy. Yeah. Feels like a um, super punch out. Oh, some. Like, oh, we got some, we got some glitching. I never, I've never had this happen before. Gerald Tan says, please play Pulse, Pulse Star and play through stage two. Curious to see if your screen goes black on the capture. All right, we'll do it. I got, I got some, got some glitchiness, glitchiness going on here. Is that like an? Obligation? I've never seen this. Ha- I've never seen this happen before. No, I've never. It seen looks this. like it looks like kanji and katakana. Like like something got hiragana. corrupted. There is it is hiragana. It's like they're cut off. I wonder if it has Japanese something to characters. do with the uh, um, universal BIOS four or something like that. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Gerald Tan says you should also try Cross Swords 2 on the Neo SD. It was Neo Geo CD only, but someone had ported it to the AES. All right. So you say level two is when I'll have issues. Is that what he said? Or is it stage five, did he say? I think I think he said play through level two. Is this something you had heard about previously? No. Is, this, is, is there... So this, this it sounds like this might be a... A known glitch on. Uh, Please know. play through stage two. Curious to see if your screen goes black on the capture. Okay, well, I chose stage one, but I'll just play. I'll play to that point if I can. Oh well, well maybe I won't. You know, can I put on? Can I put on cheats? Does that would that affect it? You think? I don't know. I don't know if I can probably I get there. We'll see. Boss at stage two has some strange raster effects that work fine on CRT, but causes issues on a lot of HD TVs. Cheats should work fine. So, so is this a, is this an issue with, with the Neo SD or is it, or is it just a, a characteristic of the game? Wait, oh, oh just, you mean in terms of like what he's saying? Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to understand what he what he wants to verify. I think it's just like how the game is. It's an effect that probably wondering how the OSSC handles it. I'm assuming. I know I'm getting I'm getting crazy with the with the cheatingness tonight. You know, like in terms of Using save states and just in, you know, what a what, cheater. 
is that a feature of the uh of the, of the Neo SD where you uh no that's part of uni universal bios oh okay and it, what's nice about it though is it just you just go into the right into the cheat database and you can just turn it on and then you can turn it off whenever you need to or want to what what kind of features does, does the Neo SD have other than you know being a I, I assume a well-made flash cart for the Neo Geo? Um, well, the coolest thing about it is that it has uh, four slots. You can like run it as a multi like a four slot uh, MBS where they don't they they just permanently stay in the in the flash memory, so you can load them up. Right away. I see. So you, you can you can take an MV1C and play it as if it was a force. Right, right. Yeah, I mean another and the, and, the, and that that doesn't confuse your MV1C. No, no, no. I mean, I'll sh I can show you because you you load them in. It's just like right in the menu, so you can run it in arcade mode if you want, where it just like you you choose a slot or it randomly plays one. But I don't know exactly how extensive it is. Um. I'll show you. Uh, but the other big thing is, is that this version uh, supports Neo Geo CD games. And is there, there's never been a flash cart that could do that? Uh, no, the, the problem is, is that it was not originally meant to do that. So as such, the, uh, the CD audio is mono only. So they got they got to work. You mean the system wasn't made made to do it, or the Neo SD was? The Neo SD Pro was never made to do that, but they figured out how to get it to work. The only downfall is, is like on the cartridge itself, the pin is not connected to give you CD or uh, stereo audio or stereo music. There's no I pin see. on the cartridge uh, to do it. So even and if you have a stereo mod on your system, you'd have to get like a like a pass through. Or something like that. Like a, they could probably make something that is, uh, you plug the cartridge into that and then plug that into the system, mm -hmm. and you might be able to get like, uh, like run analog audio out of it or something like that, or inject it back in. Uh, but it, it's, it was not meant to do that. But they figured out how to get to work, and that's that's. But that's like the downfall of it, is that the music is is mono only. Is this the only run of the thing they're doing? Of the MVS version, yes. There's an AES version that is been out for a while. In the MVS version, a lot of pe like some people have been looking forward to getting it, uh, but I mean it's been probably a year or something like that at this point. Uh, since they said that they were, were working on it. And I think it was just like a hassle to get the shells done and stuff for it. Like, just like getting it done. You so, mean the AES or the MBS one? The MBS. The, 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 the uh, AES version's been out for over a year. I think mm. it came out like around the same time as the SSDS3 came out. Okay. Uh, but just this MBS version, there's just not a huge market for it i guess See, that surprises me because everyone recommends getting mvs so right i, I thought mvs was bigger at this point well you there's there's adapters you can get that you can plug aes cartridges into it 
I just think that, I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, plus people, I mean, what about people that have MVS, uh, and you know, either an actual arcade or a home arcade, you know, if people have actual, MVS well, I mean, I mean I, it's, it I, seems, I, I feel like it, it, it should be relatively popular. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't like. I don't know how big the enthusiast scene is for for that. I mean, they they had they made four hundred of them, and that was that was it. They are, as far as I know, are not planning on doing more. I feel like more than that could sell, but maybe maybe I don't understand the Neo Geo market as well as I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, I. But that's that's basically why. Uh, I rushed to get it is because I knew that there was likely not going to be another another run right. of it so I was like I, I need to get this now because if I don't get it now and I end up having to buy it second hand it's going to be a lot more expensive than yeah than it is now and I mean it was super expensive as it is I mean that's when I say I the I won't be getting it's a next generation like it's, it's more it's more it was more expensive than like a PS5 and Xbox Series X. Yeah. Well, not both together, but more expensive than one of them. Yes. Yeah. So. I've just, res uh, no, I've just resigned uh, myself, and I'm, nev I'm never going to have a... We're, we're getting, working up to that raster effect. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, Dustin, I, I agree. Like, uh, like, getting a Neo Geo is, like, not something I thought I would ever do. I mean, like maybe at one point, you know, but I think that I wasn't in the place at the right time. Like I almost got right. a cab at one point, you know, I, I came across one for like 300 bucks and I just couldn't do it at the time. And I kind of, I'm kicking my, I always kicking myself for not doing that. But, yeah. you know, the consoleized ones, I, I just don't know that I can jump into that. Well, it just I, seems so, like such a deep hole at this point, like financially. Oh, and, I mean, yes. I mean, even yeah. the, the cheaper uh mbs stuff that was at one time like a lot cheaper is still like it's, it's getting up there now it's because especially now the aes market is like like thousands of dollars per game yeah can't yeah. do it I, mean, I, I only have three technically four mbs games our, our team is holding on to a, to a copy of the game for me but i've only got three in my possession you know and you know, I'm, I'm not a fighting game guy, so like I'm really mostly only interested in like Metal Slug and Shock Troopers and you know maybe a few other more platformy type games. Uh, I'm just generally not much of an arcade game type person. Like I I'm, never, I'm not. I'm, I'm I not either. Really, I, I I generally prefer the sensibilities of console game design yeah i agree uh but you know i think they're... it's a i think it's a generational thing too like you know i think me and you are a little bit closer in age mm. than, than yeah Corey. i mean i'm i'm 34 okay i'm 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 36 okay yeah so yeah that, i mean I, that could be part of it like i didn't spend a lot of time in arcades as a, no you know, same. I, I mean it was always it was always fun to go to the arcade. Sure, but yeah. Like, but I was a, I was a little kid, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't play that many arcade games, and like, 
you know, whenever I was at the arcade, it was always like, it was always like the better alternative to being at the clothing store with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, but so I, I still would have, I still would have preferred to not be at the store at all. You know, yeah. I'd rather be home playing my NES. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, that was just me. I mean, you know, I know Corey's like a big fan of mall culture, but yeah, like for oh, me, I am like, too. Like I, you know, and I love like going back. I love the Dan Bell stuff, and you mm -hmm. know, you know, I'll I'll go back and like look at, at yeah. photos of of malls in the eighties, and I have a lot. I of have... malls in my youth but I, arcades weren't really a part of that like I, I i don't know i feel like i got a different a little bit of a different experience uh, i mean like you know I, I i love when like you know 80s movies or you know movies based in the 80s you know go to malls like that's always really fun like to see that flashback but like the reality of it was Going to the mall usually meant I had to try on clothes and shoes, and it was boring as heck, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, you know, if I was if if my dad was was with us, you know, then my dad would take me to the arcade, and that was a lot more fun than that. My my like, personal kryptonite was the fabric store. If we went to, <laughs> if we went to like Joanne's or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing for a child to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joanne's fabrics. Yeah. I, I never, I never liked going to the store as a kid. Like, I mean, and, you know, I, I liked going to the electronic store or the bookstore or whatever. But, like, generally speaking, that there were only small glimmers of light in going <laughs> shopping as a kid to, to me, you know? So, you know, and the arcade was one of those glimmers of light, but I still always preferred how home console games were designed. I always, always thought that, you know, the design of arcade games was, you know, not as fair. Um, but you know, obviously I mean, arcade games yeah. are, you know, very popular and very huge. And I, I have a, a large amount of respect for that. And Neo Geo outside of the fighting games does kind of speak to me more than most arcade games do. But right. you know, there's certainly yeah. arcade games that you know I've discovered, you know, in in more recent years, especially. Oh, totally. I mean, we, you uh, know, I'm like, oh, I, this is really. I just good. mentioned. I'm, I just mentioned, you know, Night Slashers, which is mm -hmm. is an arcade game with data data used to um, beat 'em up that Corey should play because it's a very Halloweeny. Have you played that? Uh, it sounds familiar. Night Slashers. It's got all kinds of like mutant monsters and Frankenstein's and werewolves and stuff. It's really good. <laughs> I like it a lot. The the thing that uh, has has kind of made arcade games a little more appealing to me in recent years is you know our you know our, our friend friend Drum you know founder of Backloggery. Uh, he's um, he's kind of developed this method that he uses for. Uh, playing arcade games, you know, sometimes we'll we'll stream, you know, we do Monday Night Backloggery streams, sometimes we'll stream arcade games, and the rule set that he came up with for arcade games is uh, every time you, you start off with, with one credit and every time you get at least as far as you did the last time 
you earn another credit that you can put in at the start of the game. So, you know, the, the thing being, you know, you, you aren't on free play, you, you know, so it's not trivial to get through the game and you have to learn the game to an extent, but you know, as we all know, arcade games often are designed to be quarter munchers. So, you know, you can't expect to make real progress every time. So that's why, you know, if you at least get to where you died out last time, you earn another credit. So it's a way to get to get you to learn the game, know the game, not rely on free play, but also not be completely at the mercy of, uh, you know, cheap design. So that 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 sort of method, uh, you know, is is you kind know, of kind of brings I think arcade games a little more into parity with uh, you know how console games work. And yeah. I've well, I mean, you you go up against the tough. It's hard not to feel like you're getting taken for a ride when you arcade game because you know that right. it was made to you know, milk money out of the, yeah. the player, right? But no, uh, I definitely respect arcade games, for sure. Yeah. I don't know, I think that there's, that there's also an interesting, um, you know, uh, analysis of, like, when, as console games kind of moved away from the arcade game style, like, how elements of arcade games remained in console games for no real reason other than that's just how it was. Well, I mean, kind of in the same way that like early games had no basis to go off of than traditional games, you know, or tabletop games or, Mm. you know, board games and things like that. So rule sets and mechanics were all based on traditional gaming and card games and, and, and things that we knew because there wasn't anything else. And then as we moved into games that were, you know, isolated experiences that weren't, you know, made to like milk money out of the player or whatever, like we still have high scores, you know, long after we need them, you know, in games that's like, why, why is there a scoring system? You know? Yeah. I mean, Super Mario Brothers, you know, like yeah. who, who, ca- who cares about the score? Who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, that's an early example, you know, yeah. or- of that you know just like that was just how the it music was. in this game is pretty good but um uh yeah i mean i i've i've always i've always preferred games to have you know a an end goal you know i, I prefer to you know have a clear beginning clear end uh and you know, our arcade game design isn't is is you know often about you know the game loops. It's about the high score. It's about getting as far as you can, but you know only truly exceptional players get to the end. And you know, console gaming is much more like you know anyone who you know grits their teeth can you know eventually get to the end. Yeah. You're not continuing to dump money into it. The arcade games of my youth that I really remember were very few because, again, I didn't spend a lot in arcades. But, like, there was a skating rink in my hometown, and they had a few arcade games. So there was a, the Spider-Man or Avengers game or something that had Hawkeye in it. Oh, Captain I America and that Avengers. A bunch. That's it. Yep. And I played the Hawkeye in Avengers. that. The Avengers. 
Um, I played a lot of the X-Men game where you could play as Colossus that had the screen clearing special move. Uh, yeah. was, I played that at a Mr. Gaddy pizza place <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, Street Fighter 2, I played a bunch um, on console and then like House of the Dead. There was a bowling alley that had like a House of the Dead. Yeah, House, House Star of Wars Dead Arcade. and Time Crisis and stuff like that. Yeah, that's that always yeah, kind yeah. of been, it's always kind of been like, my go-to style of arcade game like i've always wanted like to me arcade is at its best when it is more like an experience that is yeah. harder to get oh yeah and the light the light gun stuff is just light guns yeah. you know driving even though i was all, i've never really felt comfortable with like video game steering wheels but it's still the, the novelty of a setup that you that is more difficult to replicate at home that's always what's most fun to me because I, I, I gotta be honest, I do not like joysticks. Oh, like I, oh, I've yeah, just yeah. never, I've never been comfortable with joysticks. Yeah. Like D-pad, analog stick, I'm all about that joystick. I just all, never yeah, all about that joystick. All and, about that joystick. You know, and Vanessaria in the chat says, you know, you also have to remember arcade games were also about showcasing hardware you couldn't get at home, which is which is very true. I mean, that was always a big part of for me, I think that was the biggest part of the the appeal of going to the arcade was it it was always clearly above what you could do at home, you know. I mean, uh, I remember was it just that it, they were know, taking it, advantage of like what the developers were just like developing software for the hardware that was, you know, that was out there and i feel like the consoles it was really their burden to try to chase that and it was that for so so long where it was like consoles are chasing the the arcade experience and then eventually like you know developers for for consoles were just like well a console experience is fundamentally not an arcade experience and that's kind of when you know the the fork in the road kind of Mm. kind of happened although i think you know i mean there's clear divides like you know, I think Nintendo uh, definitely developed their own style of console game. And so yeah, did absolutely. Sega, but Sega leaned much harder into the cons- the arcade-like experience at home, even if it wasn't necessarily an, uh, a port of an arcade game. Uh, just a, in general, uh, you know, Sega games, uh, it, it's, it's always been very striking to me how few Sega games have uh, battery backup compared to uh, yeah. or, Super uh, Nintendo. Even, or even unlimited continues or, or even unlimited continues. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very uncommon feature in Genesis games. Whereas uh, it's, it's quite common on, on Super Nintendo and even NES later NES games, especially but even some, you know, more early or mid-gen NES games, uh, Unlimited Continues, you know, Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania, Mega Man, uh, you know. But then you, you go to Sega, you know, throughout the 16-bit generation, it was very much not Unlimited Continues. So they were, they were very much taking those, uh, I think, those arcade sensibilities uh, on, the, on, the, on the Sega side. But, of course, they, they had their own you know, uh, uh, home console style as well, but you know, it was, it was different. Uh, Zane's dad in the chat said something that I think resonates with me a little bit is that when, 
when software devs for consoles specifically kind of learned that, um, you know, making games that were intended to be finished, which maybe is not exactly what arcade developers were, were exactly chasing necessarily without a, a very hefty investment sometimes from yeah. the player. Um, that that console games kind of just became more fun because it was something that you could actually complete. Yeah, I mean and, that was. And some people, I mean, some people today complain that you know games are too easy now and everything. But it's like hey, I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily true. And you can definitely get like a challenging experience. I mean, the Souls games are some of the most popular games out there right now, and I find very challenging in a way that does not appeal to me much at all. <laughs> but it, it it appeals to me because. I see them kind of as an extension of like the NES style of difficulty. Absolutely. Yes. It's like, which I throw you in. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. They're definitely Nintendo hard as but it's as, not, it's not just Nintendo say. hard. It's, it's, you know, it's the, it's the enemy placement that really makes it feel like that. Because to me, the joy of, of working my way through an NES I game got a machine gun or, now. Or, or a Genesis game or, you know, a, a, a difficult Super Nintendo game is getting to know the game. I mean, becoming familiar with, oh, here's what happens at this point. This enemy does this. I need to be ready for this, this and that. And that that familiarity that I start to build with the game uh really increases my enjoyment and that's why i i don't have a problem with games that you know demand you start from the beginning of the game a bunch of times um because i really enjoy getting to know them um and that's why i like those arcade rules that that drum came up with uh because you kind of get that experience with arcade games without having to sink in a bunch of quarters mm. um but that that's also what appeals to me about dark souls and bloodborne is because Every enemy is placed so deliberately in that world. Uh, and if you learn where they are and come up with a plan to dispatch them, then, uh, you know, just like I said before about the arcade rules, you know, you get an extra credit if you get at least as far as you got last time. And the same thing is true of Dark Souls. You, you lose things when you die, yes, but as long as you do at least as good as you did the last time, as long as you get back to where you died, you recover everything you lost. Uh, and uh, to me, that is, that, is, that is like an ideal sort of challenge. Uh, and I, I really, really enjoy that. Um, I, I need to try, like, I, I played a little bit of the first Dark Souls. I played a little bit of Demon Souls. Um, and I've tried to get into Bloodborne, and every time I just bounce off of them so hard, it just, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's. That is I, know, I know I'm missing something. I have, like, <laughs> I have a ton of friends that well, love it. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get into it. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. It just, it, it felt like, I don't know, the sense of um, accomplishment that people talk about when they talk about <laughs> getting good at dark souls and bloodborne feels like the sense of accomplishment that you get from breaking your leg and walking to the hospital as opposed to <laughs> calling a cab <laughs> it's like yeah but why <laughs> good i i don't know if i necessarily get the same sense of accomplishment of getting good uh, as other people do because honestly i don't 
I don't think I ever got good at those games, but I beat them. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I, 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 I play them like a chicken. Uh, I, uh, because <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the hardcore would laugh at me, but I, I, you know, every time that I've played one, it's like, Oh, I'm going to gonna try doing a different kind of weapon. I always end up going to spears. You know why? It's because you can attack enemies while still holding up your shield. <laughs> See, I was I was told that I should, you know, I should run a in Bloodborne if I really want to like have a good time, I should run a glass cannon. So like I tried that and I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> Bloodborne is different because Bloodborne much more so than Dark Souls, I think does ask you to get good because uh you you have to uh, it, it's a faster game and you have to learn to counter to really do well in boss fights so you can't rely on you know just defense and dodging all the time you really have to be ready to actually counter you know so you you have to be a lot braver in bloodborne i feel uh compared to dark souls but like you know i i usually play those games very slowly and methodically and you know i would never say that i really learned to play like the bosses especially all that well like i very rarely uh take on a boss in those games without uh, summoning uh, players. Like oh, okay. usually, what I'll do, yeah. I'll be dead when I first get to a boss chamber, and that means you know my character is summonable. So I'll put down my mark, and I'll let someone summon me, and I'll I'll you know gain souls from helping other people fight the boss, and I'll start to learn the boss. And as I feel I've done enough runs on the boss and feel comfortable having done it in other players' games, then I revive myself and summon people to fight the boss with me. But like I like the the real Demon Souls or and Dark Souls hardcore, <laughs> like they they can take they can take bosses, you know, on their own no problem. But I, I I'm I'm a chicken. I, I hire other people to do my dirt. You know? <laughs> what is and, so what and, is and, Cor Corey, what's your take on this? Like I know that you that you bounced off of Bloodborne a little bit, but like do, have you tried to dig into the other Dark Souls stuff or any of the like Demon Souls or anything? No, I mean I I tried it for a little bit and I just felt like my time would better go better be spent playing games that I actually want to play. <laughs> see the i mean i can i can understand like really like trying to like trying to like bounce against it but my 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 time to play games is very limited and i'm not going to be there like just playing something i sure am, am not getting into for a well just time. you don't want to bang your head against something until it's just not fun right? yeah like, i mean if, if there if that. there was something there i mean i i loved how it looks i like the like the world uh that's my biggest hang up. That's the biggest, that's the thing I feel like I'm missing the most of is that even the little bit that I've played of, you know, the, the souls games and, and bloodborne, the art direction in those games is so phenomenal. Yeah. And I, it's like a crime that I can't experience. It's, it's cool, but it's no it. super spy. That's right. Yellow man, 2000. So yeah, it's, 
that's 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 kind of my biggest regret of all of that is of not getting those is that I can't see more of that world because it's so yeah. like well realized. Um, and that's kind of you know, and I know it's a controversial thing, and people don't like you know people don't like this, especially ones who have devoted so much time to those games and kind of feel rewarded for you know getting good at them. But like, I wouldn't mind like a guided tour mode. You know, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind like a, an easy mode in one of those games. It's just like, let me see what you made. Like I, it looks great. Can I see the rest of it? No. Okay. I love how every nook and cranny of those worlds is just so the geometry is, is unique just all throughout the world. Yeah. And there's just little ledges and, you know, piles of rock that you yeah. can like, just walk on like i don't know for some reason that just fascinates me i, I i'm always like something always fascinates me in, in games is like oh can i can i like stand on top of that and like mm. dark souls just has all of these little places that look out of reach and yet you can get on them you know if you take some route around or you know there's just it, it, it's just it doesn't feel like it has that typical video gamey sort of, of, of world layout. It feels very natural and organic. And the first dark souls, in my opinion, is the best, uh, what I would define as like a Metroid style world that I have seen in 3d. Um, it's just, it's, it's a very memorable, world to me and it's something that i don't have a full understanding of is why is it some games that look very beautiful uh why can i not remember how to get from point a to point b without referencing the map constantly mm. versus a game like dark souls where that layout is just is just burned into your memory you know how to all these paths interconnect and you you can think like oh this it's would good be design like that i mean i think you're just, you're just talking about good design i can't put my finger on what's different yeah you know i can't put my finger on what's different but you know like some games you don't need a map other games you do yeah yeah i mean maybe maybe sometime i'll give it another shot but i i always have that like twice a year i'm just like i'm gonna try bloodborne again there's there's got to be something to this too yeah. many people that i trust love it and then i start it up after you know like you know five hours of of loading patches because <laughs> yeah. i've deleted it off my system yeah i um, mean i i don't know i mean like, i don't I, think dark souls one is stuff i'd rather i'd want to play so. Bloodborne, in my opinion the what i think dark souls one is more accessible than bloodborne hmm well, maybe I I have the remaster. I could always try it, but I mean I got it. It was like ten dollars. I think. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to to you know Demon Souls on PS5, even though it's seventy dollars. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about all these different games that I wish that I had time to play. I was I was really I've been really feeling this desire to replay Illusion of Gaia lately. Mm. And I was thinking about just just playing it because I 
I, I've been having a hard time getting into like really anything long term. I tried. Uh, I've been slowly playing uh, Link's Awakening, and it's fun. You know, like I just am playing like a, like this weekend. I just played like for an hour in the morning. I mean, you you can get through that in like five or six hours. Yeah, yeah. It won't I, take you that long. And I'm, I kind of, I kind of hate the visual style of it though. I gotta say, I like the style of it. I think the performance stuff is really turned me. Really off. killed it for me. It I was mean, bad, man. I'm normally not that picky about performance, but the I am. I'm not either. <laughs> That's the, the thing. way that, like, that I it, the it. way that it work that that it judders is so weird though. Yeah, because it's like just for a second when you come out of the out of a house or something like that. It's also so frustrating because it's just like. Come on, guys. I would have accepted a few less visual flourishes for a steady frame rate. Like, this should have been your top priority. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't like the shininess of everything. Like, is there a reason they were supposed to, like, it's supposed to look like Like, toys, essentially? Yeah, I think that, I think that's what they were going for. That's what it looks like. You know, and just like the, like that blurred edge. It It makes me feel like it's, it's inspired by, uh, 3D dot game heroes. Yep. A little bit. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the best from software game. <laughs> uh, but there I mean, was, uh, there was a two dollar donation uh, from uh, from 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 Ben Brody who says, <laughs> I, "I can do better than this." But you have to say it in your scariest voice. I don't know if that was actually scary or not. Let me know. Try. I don't think you understand how scary that actually sounded. <laughs> that messed me up. <laughs> getting getting all up in that. Summoning some demons. It's Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I think that's gonna do it for tonight. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just letting the super spy uh, attract mode play here. Um, uh, Dustin, thanks for hanging out. I'm glad that that. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. It, and you know, if I if I see a if I see a decently priced copy of uh, Nightmare <laughs> on the Street, like I might I might consider getting it. It's it was. I feel like it's. I could finish it without without cheating so i mean i'll put that on, yeah, on the backlog if i see it don't, someplace. don't feel bad like i'm not i'm not like a elite gamer or anything but i definitely <laughs> did not finish it legitimate yeah i mean <laughs> it, it feels like you know you could spend a couple like a day or two and make it through i think yeah but uh and uh, Dustin, uh, why don't you, why don't you, why don't you plug your, uh, plug your, that's plug right. Your uh, yeah. So you can find my stuff. The name of my channel is just my name, uh, Kramer with a K, but the show that I'm, I've been working on for a little while now is called From Camera to Console, and it's about, uh, movie tie in games. And, um, most of the ones I've talked about so far have been ones that I feel are a little underappreciated. Um, the last one I did was on Ghostbusters, which everyone seems to like a whole bunch. The Ghostbusters, the video game remastered that just came out um, this year. Um, but yeah, um, I don't think I'm going to have another one in October, although I'm kind of planning on it. I was planning on doing Blair Witch, but I'm going on uh, 
vacation with my family uh, <laughs> starting next weekend. And I just don't think I'm going to have time to get one out. So I might do a live stream or something this week, which will be the first live stream on my channel. And I may or may not do something movie related. I think I might just do, um, I don't know, costume quest or something fun like that. Some Halloween. But yeah, you can find my stuff uh, on my my channel, Dustin Kramer. Yeah, I just I just dropped the link in the chat. Oh, okay, and thank you. Thank you. There was uh, two dollars uh, from uh, Vanessa Arias saying thank you as always, and thank you as always. Uh, and uh, uh, two dollars from Jonathan G again saying do do host do host Imlig. <laughs> not I'm not sure if this is based on anything but that yeah, is so to uh, uh, do not have the rudimentary knowledge of german that i have that is you you have you have Imlig. <laughs> <laughs> yep it's a uh, rammstein song uh <laughs> anyways uh thank you to everybody who donated tonight and hung out it was it was a lot of fun and we yep. will see you next week. And uh, I'll see if I can get that EverDrives episode up this week. I'm hoping uh, maybe I'll have a chance to do it. I'll finish up. We'll see. It's going to be All super right. long. <laughs> Longer than I probably wanted it to be. What, what's, it, what's it looking like? I don't know. It's probably going to be like like 50 minutes or something like that. Well, but you know. It's funny because you look that's, at the, like the, 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 the first EverDrive video I did was 27 minutes. Because, you know, if we ever do, like, an update on anything, it has to at least be twice as long. <laughs> on with And cover less, but be twice as long somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somehow that just happens. Yeah. Anyways, have a good night, everybody. Good night. See ya.